welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the Metamazo we should have had and deserved, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 490. 490, and just to let everybody know, if you came looking for, say, reviews of Titans number two, or Wonder Woman 800, 800, 800 yeah. a celebration. I had all this planned out. Oh, yeah. my goodness gracious. Titans number two, Wonder Woman 800. See, that was planned. You're starting to vomit thinking about Wonder Woman yes, number 800. exactly. Well, that might be true. Uh, go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. It might be a stroke. But also, before we get into what is a plethora plus one books, we got a lot of books this week. Please check out some other things that are full of weird science goodness. And I'm talking about our website. WeirdScienceDCComics.com You can also go over to our YouTube channel Weird Science Comics Where it's not just DC But comics in general And try out our homemade chocolate Weird Science Chocolate Weird Science Chocolate That's in my undies, Eric But I don't wear undies But also, as I said You can also help us out And check out our Patreon Patreon.com Slash Weird Science Where you can get a bunch of shows but one of the big ones is that weekly spotlight. Two books picked by the bad asses of the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> and they did pick Titans number two. And the big book of the week, Wonder Woman <laughs> number 800. You can end up hearing me and Eric <laughs> argue about what we thought about Trinity. And I might not look so great by the end of that, depending on what you think. Though, I get it. Most people ended up agreeing with me. That talk to me, at least. You know, they're probably not going to disagree with me. Yeah. And talk to me, but. I ended up talking to a bunch of people even who wouldn't have even heard that show talking about Trinity. Everybody thought she was a little bit unlikable and they didn't understand why that was the case. But we're going to get moving on this here show because, Eric, not only do we have seven books, we also have two male sections. It's like classic weird science all over again. Deja vu all over again. So we're going to hit it right here with the Bad asses of the Get Fresh crew, uh, uh, and this is their bad ass spotlight, Eric. Roll call. See, here we go. Yeah, roll call. That's what it's got. <laughs> Stephen Bad Dad Mitchell, Trevitt, Dad Nation. I might change the name of it. Yeah, y'all. Eric K, Jeffrey Greek, Zach Walker, The Annihilator, Ted Probst, I Love Punchline, Stork, Michael S. Tan, Matt Razor, Demon 3000, Niels Tewart, David Fink. Steven Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me, Michael G, Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rake, Ligma Falls, Eric Ligma. Um, Who told you to read? <laughs> hey, I don't know. Why it, don't might you be, an I? it might be Spanish. L I G M I Ligma. I Ligma Balls, it is. There you Eric, go. Ligma Balls, you son of a gun. Mark Jager, Bill Fear from the Bad Pod. Carlos, No Wolf Marv, Matthew Rapier, Luke Hollywood, Simon, uh. Luis, Scott Man, Shipe, Andrew in Belfast, Swanee, we'll have mail from Swanee and Andrew later on, Anthony G. Josh Million, Batman Beyond Mark, Brandy Murray B. Muir up there in Buffalo, and Double Aaron Doxing, his sweet, sweet ass of Minnesota, Eric, and a shout out to all time greats, Rob Lewis. Reggie, uh, uh. and if you end up listening to a bunch of things that I'm on YouTube, a little shout out to Skip and Tosh, who sadly passed away this week. So another great down, but we That's have shame. a big show. It is a shame, and he's a really nice guy. Uh, 
And just as an aside, I ended up getting in a fight with him the last time I talked to him about Ram V. And now I feel yeah. really bad. But with all of that, I'm sure that he didn't mind. I'm sure he wasn't as oh, no, he died frustrated with, as I was. I think that he gets over things unlike me. But with all of that, we do have a bunch of books, as I said. So we're going to get right into this. This is going to be streamlined, Eric. We're going to be done. I'm, I'm putting on my lab coat, Eric, right? Oh. And I'm going to tell you right now, this show will be done in oh. an hour and 10 minutes. Boom, we're in and out. We're going to be recording until 11 o'clock tonight. And you even came in late. I say this, and we already recorded some things that are longer than that. So I'm already wrong, but we'll see. We'll see how it is. But with all of that, we're going to get to the books. We have some pretty good ones, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, Eric. Will you tell me? I'll tell you in a minute, but we're going to go off and a little bit of a song I think we're going to lead into here. A song of what is to come, <laughs> A song of things to come. Is it you later tonight after the podcast is done? No, that hasn't happened in a while. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Are you coming you over here? Hands, boy, hey Hook. there, buddy there. I don't know. The stranger is in town. But we will be going off and coming back with that in just a moment. Spooky Summer Story, Eric, and the reason why I decided to put that here is because of the fact that a lot of these books are going to stop after these issues we stop. talked about, and it's one of those, I do think Mr. DC is drinking. That's just beside the point, though. He's, he's a bit of a drinker. Uh, Mr. DC just wants the summer off, put together a freaking two-month event, nobody has to do anything. It is weird. Like I'll go with that, because the events usually have some purpose. Oh, we're moving. Let's shut down for two months. What is this one? It's just they want off for the summer, I guess. I'm going to Disney World. Hey, oh, my goodness. I'm going to the Hamptons. I am because I'm the rich Mr. Deceased. But here we are, and we're going to be talking about it this week. You and said probably that. Next I grabbed too. a hold of my non-existent suspenders to stretch them out because Ooh, I'm going wait. to the Hamptons. <laughs> the Hamptons. Get my rickshaw, baby. We're heading to the Hamptons. But with all this, a lot of these books are either at the end setting up night tears, which we kind of have laughed about. Or they have cliffhangers that we will not get to. And, and this first book that we're going to talk See about, Superman, holy moly, you have such a big cliffhanger. And then you stop and we're not going to get it until actually for this one, the last August. week of August. But it's still the Angles. last week. So you'll have the last week still the whole deal. And 
I just don't get it. I don't know why they're shutting down these main books for this event that nobody seems to really want. Well, maybe you should write them a letter and ask them, why are you doing this, They're not going to answer me, but maybe you, Eric. At least you still get the press releases. That's right. I I don't even get those anymore. But I did hear somebody say, oh, man, I don't need that night errors. And I'm like, ooh, that's pretty good. I didn't think of that earlier. I'm like, ooh. Now, with all that, I'm not going to say it's going to suck because me and you always do not say on, we're going to wait, right? I, I don't know. So <laughs> it may be good. I'm, I'm, here's how I play it. And I'm doing the same thing with Tom King's Wonder Woman run. I'm hoping for the best, but preparing I Preparing for the of, worst. Yeah, I'm preparing for the worst or expecting even the worst at points. But Just prepare. Don't expect. Well, I'm kind of expecting. But still, with the Night Terrors, what I'm really upset about is just that we're shutting down the books, especially ones that are just getting momentum, because this Superman book, we liked it. We kind of go, but boy, at this point, it's like at its highest point, I think, in excitement, and then boom, you shut well, it down. You I just don't, don't get know. It. You don't have any business savvy, so maybe the idea of Night Terrors is we're rolling out all these new Dawn of DC books. People are getting a little taste of I like this DC. What's it? And they're like, you know what we need to do? They've had a little taste. But shut this shit yeah. down and make yeah. it like new Coke. So when we bring regular Coke back, Coca-Cola Classic, people are going to be buying that shit in droves. Well, that's what I actually said the Incredible Hulk book was in my video for that this week. With the Marvel stuff. Num, 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 num. No, I didn't do that. Now I will <laughs> go with your num num nums here. And right. the idea, okay, let's pretend it's a buffet. Or All let's right. pretend that it's heroin. Right? Okay, you end up, let's go you, back to the, buffet. The first taste is None of my free. friends well, died okay. to a buffet. Okay, well, there you go. Well, am I your friend? Because that's coming soon. With all this, though, you give people, just say we're we're starting a food truck, right? Okay. Yeah, me and we're Eric's food, food truck. truck. Jim and Eric's never comic there, but whatever. food truck, right? We're doing things. We're going. And your big plan is, okay, we're going to give them a free sandwich this yeah. first day. And, and then I say, what would even be greater than that? Give them the sandwich. And then we'll be back in two months. They're not going to not eat all that time. They're, they're going to eat other shit. Maybe. And then they're dead. And then you have friends who died. Heroin. They're going to go to other people to get the heroin, Eric. You're giving them the taste. If you give it free, that's fine. But you have to keep it going. No time in any of these little num num nums of yours is there no, a no, part no, no, no. where you go away. But this for is two the new cooks. Well, that's the thing, though. You end up having the new Coke, and when they say, hey, we're going to have Coke Classic, you don't say, but we're shutting everything down for two months, and then come, you introduce no. the Coke when Classic. When new Coke came out, we shut everything down for months. Yeah, I don't want that well, bullshit. I, I, I actually didn't mind I the didn't. new Coke, and, and I think that you would like it anyway, just because it was trying to be more of a Pepsi than yeah. a Coke. That was a weird play. Because Pepsi's so much better. And if people so don't better. know, what it actually is, if I remember right, what New Coke was, was Diet Coke with sugar. That It's the craziest thing. That's all it was. So they ended up going, and it is kind of like, the, but is it the, so you're saying here, right, to, to go with your deal, you're saying no, 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 that no, no. Night Errors, Terrors, K, uh-huh. that's New Coke. Yes. Why are you setting up anything to be New Coke? You, you don't want New Coke. Because it worked for Coca-Cola. Back so, in the day. So what you're saying is that people like the dawn of DC. Uh-huh. So then you throw in night terrors, so it'll be so bad that other fans will come to get that. that people are just no, going to no. drop people DC. Are be back. Like, I am so happy you're back. <laughs> I'm going to buy even more books than I was yeah. buying before. 
I think that people are going to be like, screw all you. Screw Look, Eric. I, I screw said that Jim. you didn't have any business sense. I didn't I say know. I did either. Well, or they. I, I just, I think that what happened, and this is my true God honest opinion. Okay. D- DC was struggling. They saw that they didn't have a lot, right? So they were really worried. Oh, shit. Nobody's reading our books. And they decided to do this night terrace. Oh, my God. Everybody, like, they think everybody loves events. All in all, they can't read the room anyway. But. They have this deal because they're really worried. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, people like the Stone at DC because it's kind of a back-to-the-basics deal. You're getting some good writers on it. I don't think that they anticipated it as being as well-received as it is. Mike, you liked it. Yeah, and now all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, what are we doing? It's almost like the idea of, like, in the sitcoms where, oh, my God, I'm going to go to the prom with this guy. But then this guy... You end up where you can, you got two dates, Eric, and this is what never happens. works. You out. have problems. It doesn't. Then you got all wackiness and suing. And so I think that there's going to be some problems, but hopefully, you know, people listen to us talk about night terrors and then we'll all get back to the stuff in September and hopefully. There'll be some good stuff, but still, I just don't, don't get even it, worry about it, Jim. You don't even have to wait till September. We got late August. Well, late August. And some of the books, like A World's <laughs> Finest, continue, on, continue. Yeah. And some even other Mark Wade stuff, The World's Finest Teen Titans book. And then there's that other Lex Luthor book that he's going to have. There's some crazy stuff and some of the other things continue. But still, it's it's just a shame. But we'll talk about it more at the end of this one, I'm sure. What are we starting with there? Superman number five, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Jamal Campbell and Ariana Mayer. And in this issue... We get a quick flashback to the love affair that is Silver Banshee and Jimmy Olsen. Now, I think it's, I want, I want to take it seriously, but it's just such a funny idea. Turtle Boy I and Silver it. Banshee together, but it works out so well for me for some reason. But when you have the idea that Dr. Farm goes and kidnaps Silver Banshee, does some weird tech to her to connect her to the Phantom Zone. So now that her screams are Phantom Zone constructs that can hurt people. And I'm like, thing is we always talk shit about when we have um like a priest on who wants to over science everything up like he bobs but you need the some ex- explanation right but this is weird science right here this is dc freaking oh, stuff we're talking about phantom there. zone stuff so just give me something that makes this make sense okay. like you can sit there with a glove with all these different pieces of kryptonite on there like they're all different kryptonite rings and say they're going to do different effects different things but when you kidnap silver banshee and affect her with the phantom zone to the point where she has this new power you got to do more for me, you know, for somebody that just doesn't make sense. Even just trying to think of like the comic book logic of it. I want to know how this works because this would be a cool thing that changed things down the line. It's like you scream out phantoms and stuff. They should still be phantoms. They shouldn't be able to hurt you or zones. But yeah, no when zones. you started out, I like the idea that you're really laying into the Silver Age stuff, especially with Jimmy. And it's real fun. And when they're having Turtle their boy. love affair. And he has to kind of come clean with things like, yeah, I was a turtle. Even also before that, she's unpacking his stuff and it's all toys. It's Eric Shea. And What's I love that? Jimmy's yelling. Toys are cool. You, you already signed the lease. Like he's already like, you're already my roommate. You can't do anything. So it's really fun. So I really thought. Got trapped now. <laughs> once, you get, once you get to this glove with all the kryptonites and all this stuff going on, I thought that, okay, you're not explaining things. And that is a bad thing. But you're also not like relying heavily on that. I thought it was going to be more silver agey kind of explanation that would be like, okay, we see the setup with this. We see Jimmy. We see him talk. But it's not. It's it's just kind of thrown in there. And I do agree. I still really like this issue. 
But I love the I way this agree. issue looks. Yeah, I I do agree that the idea of all this uh, should have been explained a little more. But well, that's I the can thing. Get by we them. have we have Mister Graft and Doctor Farm. We have that glove with all the different pieces of kryptonite. Did one of those different pieces of kryptonite connect Siobhan here to the Phantom Zone? Is that what we're trying to say? Because what kryptonite does that and changes people with their you know metahuman screaming abilities? Again, I, I think Tell that me. people are already not, not you, gritting but their the comic. Teeth. I think they're gritting their teeth at you because you can't have fun again, but... I want to have fun. I just want to understand how I'm having fun. Yeah, again, if I ended up having an explanation, I said, oh, Eric, didn't you know? Oh, shit, tell me. Yellow with a speckled green kryptonite actually connects to the Phantom Zone. They would have just made that up anyway. Do it! And then... Tom King did it with platinum kryptonite. Why not? I just just did. I'm telling you. Yeah, nobody cares about you. No, like like on our spotlight... (laughs) You told me that I should kind of infer that the, you know, the super boys, the super boys, <laughs> the super sons, and uh-huh. then the babysitting, they taught her that, like, I'm just going to say right now, it's yellow with speckled green. Now I'm going to tell you the crap. Is this the point where I just call Silver Banshee a bitch for no reason? You you may, though I wow. think a lot of people did agree with me more than they'll probably agree that the idea of not knowing the tech of this takes down the issue, but... With it all going when you have on, Doctor Farm and Mister Craft uh, doing this whole thing, like they're, they're, they're our big bads, they're the villains of Lex Luthor. This whole reason that the story is going on, the idea behind doing this to Siobhan here, making her sonic scream even more powerful, blowing out Superman's ears by curing her—all that is cool because it elevates our villains to a higher degree than I ever thought possible before. With the idea of just doing weird, you know, radical surgeries with bizarros and parasites and just changing their like biological structure. They just seem like, like, you know, science weirdos. This whole thing of playing like fourth dimensional chess here by doing this, making sure that Superman can't hear Lex Luthor to the point where they're going to now attack Lex Luthor in prison. That's genius. I, I love that whole yeah, thing. That's pretty cool. I just want to know more about the idea of the actual villains that Superman usually goes against because that's the part of this book that's been failing me all the time where you had, you know, the non-show of Livewire at the beginning of the first issue. She's already disapprehended. Parasite's barely parasite here. And it's a thing that's like, you know, parasite adjacent's the problem. Now it's Silver Banshee, but it's always just taken care of instantly because even when you have Silver Banshee, she doesn't want to do these bad things. But, you know, these people who kidnapped her said they're going to murder everybody she loves and she doesn't attack Superman with these new Phantom Zone powers. And then all of a sudden, Supercorp shows up with Mercy Graves like, hey, I got a gun. We can take care of this. Superman destroys the gun, takes the power source and just uses the power source. And no fuss, no muss. It's all done. And like, we're, we're just over. It's so simple. But I'm like, I like the way, like, where it was heading for the execution for the cliffhanger is great because that elevates thing, but just everything in the beginning and middle, it just feels kind of weak for how it's handled. I liked it. And I also wish that maybe if they didn't mention Phantom Zone, if you just have the kryptonite claw. Just tell me which kryptonite. Just with various kryptonites, I think that we could just go with the idea that this combo or something like that could... All you need to do, you don't have to throw Phantom Zone in. Because even the idea of changing to me, people with the kryptonite... It, I thought was the deal. If you do it with Superman, that's fine. He's Kryptonian, he's affected by the radiation of these different like rocks and the different radiation that they give off. But the idea when like, we even talked about it in the first couple issues of this new series where... When you just start affecting people with different kryptonite, it just becomes Smallville season one. And who's the new kryptonite does, kid this but week? But they did say the radiation, but I could go with the idea that they, and maybe they could have said it, the combination of all of these on one entity, this one glove, that maybe they figured out a combination that ends up supercharging these enemies. But it, it really isn't explained very well. But again, 
I was having fun with it, and I really do like Silver Banshee and Jimmy. And by oh, the that's, end that's of this, and maybe five issues from now. It's just so silly, though, but I like it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like it a lot. Just the idea that they accept like even, each other. Even and, when you have Jimmy Olsen, who wants to step up because his girlfriend, this woman that he loves, who also happens to be Silver Banshee, she's afflicted by this thing because somebody did something to her. Superman wants to save the day, but Jimmy's not going to be left behind. So he gets to be the, the pal of Superman. Superman has Superman, Super Corp now. Like, Hey, you got another uh, jetpack here? Jimmy Olsen is strapping a jetpack on and flying to save the day with Superman. This is some great comic book fun here. This makes sense with how they're explaining it because I saw a goddamn jetpack go on his ass and it's a good time. Yeah, there he is. And I also also like that Lex, through this, Lex actually being nice and even saying, you know, try not to hurt Silver Banshee, but also is like, really? Like, this is Jimmy's girlfriend now. He's dating your supervillains. Like, this is why you never get shit done. <laughs> and Lex Luthor is great in this. And that's yeah, one of yeah. the freaking, the biggest tragic points of this book. Because even after, like, Silver Banshee affects Superman's super hearing to the point where he is actually hearing, like, a normal person. Now, he goes to see Siobhan at a concert in a club later on. He can only hear the music and Lois in front of him. The whole world is now silent for the first time in his life since he's got his powers activated. Or... Whenever the last time as he lost it. Yeah, well, exactly. Nobody talks about the solar flare anymore. But when you have this, I even like Lex Luthor thinking to himself as he's in prison, thinking that Superman can still hear him. Like, I wish things could have been different. You know, we could have have been working together in Smallville when we were kids. And all this stuff, even the idea that he still knows that Clark Kent is Superman more than like like, above everybody else in the world. I love when Lex Luthor gets to be a good guy. He's always going to be the greatest foe of Superman. And but he's always on the verge of being that great man who, if he could put away his his jealousy and his like, you know, his rate, his power hungriness, he could he could be the what the world actually needs. And just him thinking to himself while he thinks the Superman can still hear him, I wish we could have been pals this whole time. And, and he says together. that, like, and that's I really good. That. And when he at the beginning when he's talking, I mean, he still hasn't changed his whole mo totally, he's obviously. But yeah. he's actually sitting there saying like. Oh man, Superman, why do you have these friends? Jimmy Olsen. But then he actually not even realizing he's like, man, if I was your friend earlier, maybe he almost goes as far as saying, if I would have teamed up with you in Smallville, I might have been a good guy. Like we might have changed all of this. And he actually sees that, you know, right before he gets stabbed through with a shiv, Eric. And that, that's the crazy. Poor but it's Lex. a really good setup with the idea of not being able to hear Superman isn't. I wanted Super. I wanted Lex Luthor to put up a bit more of a fight there too. I know he's yeah, handcuffed like, for I shit. I think that Lex is just like, holy crap! Like, what's happening here? And while this is all going on, you do end up having Superman go down, you know, under Metropolis as he did before to figure out what is happening and these experiments and how you know these big big bads are going after him. And when he goes down to do that, they start again. There's hints of. Lex is the bad guy. Lex is still yeah. the bad guy. Go and ask Lex what he's done. Go and see what that. Was and he Project hasn't been Chains? able to do that yet. Yeah, Project Chains. And he hasn't been able to do Then that's kind of a funny thing because for the longest time, Superman would always be breaking out of chains on covers <laughs> and things like that. So, well, you even say that. We had, we had a series called Superman Unchained. Yeah, Unchained. Like, it was by <laughs> Scott Snyder. That, that deal. And Jim Lee, I believe, on the art. So yeah. it was delayed. Eric delayed horrifically. But even as you're going through, Lex is saying the right things, and it doesn't seem like he's, you know, doing this just to fool Superman, but Lois is still on the case. She does not trust Lex and says everybody should get a second chance, but Lex is Lex. You got to be careful. And that's the worst part about it, because we've seen throughout the last decade now the 
the idea that Lex wants to be a babyface on Fierce when he was super Lex was a part of the Justice League and how it always just turns to crap and always just becomes the normal status quo for Lex with when I'm always just looking for growth and like just for the character to change from what you used to know because I want to treat them like real people where they can grow, they can change, they can learn from their mistakes. And I'm really hoping that like, you know, this terrible like injury that he suffered to the point where he's almost dying in prison doesn't make him lose his freaking faith in Superman again and just become a heel because I love when Lex Luthor gets to be a good guy and it's always like you know too like it's always too soon when they decide like all right let's turn him back to regular Lex Luthor I mean seriously if I, I mean you could say that this whole play because as we see this this was all set up so that Superman couldn't hear Lex getting stabbed obviously but is it even more than that is there a next level where all of a sudden it now seems to Lex that Superman listened all the time. Like he didn't lose his hearing. He's a, and then Lex gets mad because, I mean, you would figure that That's suddenly Superman will live. be able to hear, like, and then he'll go and, and get him. But even with that, it, it, it's pretty crazy. And it's a pretty crazy setup for Graft and Dr. Farm that it does step them up a bit. It does. To show that they're they're working through these things and whatnot. But I'm also, thinking Eric, outside the box right now. Yeah. Well, you didn't mention the greatest thing of the issue, though, besides Jimmy Marilyn mentioning Moonlight? that he's a turtle. Marilyn Moonlight. Just hanging in the, the crescent moon for no reason. Well, what's going on? What's going on, Marilyn Moonlight? And that seems to be what's going to go on in the whole night. <laughs> I, like, don't, I don't. I don't need that. I don't, I don't need that. Uh, Marilyn maybe it'll Moonlight be is not as cool as you think she is, Joshua Williamson. And maybe you don't. And maybe this is something you have to do. But I, I'm telling you, I'm having problems with the way that a lot of the stories of the Superman series are set up. I'm really starting to like, but I am starting to believe that your new villains, Graft and like um, Farm, are the big bads that you want them to be. Like I'm seeing you, your ideas are like thrown out there now. I'm like I'm realizing with you, like oh shit, this is a problem right now. But we're going to be sidetracked by Marilyn Moonlight. That's a bigger problem than making the Superman villains that I want to see even weaker than they actually are every time. Because they're always, things are just solved like, you know, one issue and then we're done. It always feels a little bit like too soon to have any of this. But I will tell you in this issue, we have a date, a double date night with Clark and Lois, Jimmy and Siobhan. And I do think it's going to piss a lot of people off that this double date night, barely see anything of it. It's only a couple pages. Better than the double date that Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle oh, had God, with Lois yeah, Lane dude, and Clark Kent. Seriously. People are going to be mad at you, but I Suck agree it. with you. I, did they change clothes back at the end so they can no, hit the baseball? No, why would you? It's stupid. Would you do that? I remember when I was losing my mind that it was for that, hey, we got to change clothes only to get that shot to sign at conventions. Yeah. It was nonsense. People did like that, but still. At least here we don't get the other part of that Super Friends deal with the gentleman's <laughs> and, and, you know, and Wonder Woman and Bruce and pretty much ripping off action comics from back in the day so yeah. you know you don't have that so that's pretty cool but by the end when you do end up having the idea that lex is kind of he's kind of opening up and he's doing a confession eric to the superman that maybe we should have teamed up before maybe i am a kind Should of I be superman's hey, pal lex Luthor? yeah i mean it's funny too because when he's talking about this he does mention the signal what like it is he is the pal now yeah he's got the signal watch and everything it's funny because Jimmy... Jimmy's done grown up. He's got a girlfriend I was going to say, Jimmy has, like, you know... He put his toys away. being a turtle. But he does actually step up fully in more ways than Jimmy ever has when Superman says, no, 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 Jimmy, you stay here. And he's like, Fuck screw you, Superman. Superman. <laughs> I'm coming with you. I'm like, our boy's grown That's up. That's the banshee I love. <laughs> I'm like, I like it. Uh, but yeah, when he goes that, but it's, it is horrific. And you but get, there is I a problem. I I'm looking at I'm looking at one panel though the whole idea like the science that I want or, like any kind of explanation for with anything that's going on with the metahumans more than just kryptonite 
when Siobhan is cured of all of this whole thing and they're sitting there super super corp, they they had a, this glove with different gems on its co- on it colors kryptonite just like parasite the mercy graces and the phantom zone you said you found a lair under the city right was there anything else there you, you didn't complete that but you said end the phantom zone and then moved on to something else like you did not give me any explanation though the, the problem is is that they were down in the the you know underneath and superman saw those plans for the fa- it, it's yeah, not but connecting the way it should i don't understand I mean, how it's supposed it's to work with the phantom zone being kryptonite affecting siobhan here well, I guess we're going to have to find out. <laughs> I'm afraid that we're not going to find out, that we're just going to move on and just go with it. But we'll see. We'll see if they spell it out. Book looks great, though. The way that Joshua Williams is playing this, it seems like, well, Superman saw kind of plans of a Phantom Zone. That was where Farm and Graf were. But also yeah. they have the glove with the gems on the it. Okay. Glove. It makes sense, right? There you go, Eric. But yeah, it looks great. And I I did really, really like the Jimmy stuff. And when people started reading this, I hadn't read it yet. I know you hadn't at the point either. And they started, oh, my God, I can't believe that ending. I'm like, oh, no, Jimmy's going to die. I was so worried about Jimmy. Then I see it's Lex. Oh, no. Oh, no, Lex. And then I end up seeing the worst, the worst thing and why I put that song at the beginning where we're going to have to wait two months now. We're going to have to wait two months. It says, oh, man, they got you hooked, huh? Man, it's Superman 2, yeah, but that's the thing. I'm going to go it, DC. somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> Superman 2023 annual in August. September, the McRib is back. And then, but first, Night Terrors. Oh, who came up with this slogan? It turns the Man of Steel into the Man of Screams. I saw that. I fucking, like, who wrote that? Why would you say that? That doesn't make any sense. Once a Batgirl, always a Batgirl. Man of Screams, but it should be like, Man of dreams, but since it's a nightmare, we'll say screams. And it, no, I sat it. there when I got done this. Like, what's a good <laughs> run? Steel, beal, deal, feel. I'm like, and then I stopped. Like, why am I even bothering? I'm not writing this. You can't go with the st- man of screams. The man, the man of steel into the man of squeal, right? And then it seems like he might be in the sus. It's delivered. All of a sudden, it's delivered. Ah, maybe I don't know. What and was also, that awful, awful Superman like blue, uh, blue and red or whatever it was? Oh, blue where he and was red. That was John prison. Ridley's story. That was the man of squeal. That definitely was there. We don't want to talk about that John Ridley story. That really uh, threw some people off. But overall, I did really like this. Uh, I see old non-fun Eric Shays in town. But I got what some problems. You but I told you some stuff that I thought was really good in this cliffhanger. It's an amazing cliffhanger, especially for somebody who loves Lex Luthor. And like I was talking about you, they got you hooked. They got me hooked as well. I can't wait to get back to this book in September to see what Farm and Graft have up their sleeves now that Lex Luthor's out of the picture, as far as they know, and what Superman's going to do about it with his new pal, Lex Luthor. I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. I'm giving an 8.5. He's my fun time boy. I'm your fun time boy, but you're not my fun time boy, I guess. But I know that people are going to be upset. People love this issue so much. No, no, there's a lot of good stuff. It's just, I just need a little bit more of the substance area. It is the funny play when something like this pops up, they like immediately they go to Slack and like, hey, Eric Shea's definitely going to love this one. I'm like, Ooh, that, that is a challenge. That's a challenge for all day. Game but, on. Yeah, yeah, challenge accepted. Batman Superman World's Finest number 16. I was told you'd love this one as well. Written by Mark Wade, art by Dan Mora, Tamra Balmvalon. I don't know if you know this actually blocked us. Steve Wands. And we continue this whole robot uprising AI out your ass. And Eric will go on and on about how 
it should be called something different, as he even said. Metamazo, Jim. It's right there for everybody. Once they kept saying it, it, it was driving me nuts because it really should have been. And I do think the art, Dan Moore's art's great. There's Ultramorpho and New Mazo. I'm like, you fucked up. God yeah, damn it. Well, now that you have already, you know, shown that you don't like having fun, I could at least start this off by saying I think this book's getting way overcrowded. I know that we're going to end this right, next issue, but, but it's so overcrowded. At it's points, overcrowded, but the thing is, they're trying to, like, I'm telling you, Mark Waiter feels, feels like, like an in event. This, exactly. This little arc is pretty much trying to, like, blow its load and say this is an event situation, so all hands on deck. We need to fill this book with as many people because this robot, robot AI uprising is the biggest shit we've seen in a world that's either pre-crisis or post-crisis, but neither makes sense. Yeah, well, I get that. I went back to our website for that for that world's finest number four that Gabe reviewed, where Mark Wade came on to about it's it's a, a post crisis world kind of like a thing. I'm like, because especially it's what Barry Allen showed. I'm like, the fuck's Barry Allen yeah, doing here? here? That makes no damn sense. So this is, as I said, it is continuity askew, and we can go with that. But when you have all these things, my problem, I I think it's great. I think there's a lot of fun. I think the art's great, but. We're doing the thing, and it's so big that I often complain about in these big event stories even, or big stories in books, is that I don't really get a play of what really is happening in the world because we're so busy just throwing characters in. And yeah, they say, oh, the people are going to be rendered in a molecule, but I, I don't get the whole overall feel, so there's a little less tension for me. People are becoming silent green, Jim. Yeah, but we don't even really see it. It's just mentions what I'm saying. So we, we don't have know a if panel the cities of people are being, being lined up. being locked into, like, you know, being thrown into an acid vat. Yeah, well, that's one panel when they say. You gross fucker. You want an entire that. book of people being melted down for their proteins? That might just be New York City or that might just be Detroit. I don't get. What I'm saying is, uh, there's no tension in this for me. I just want to see the characters show up and stop it, which I know they will anyway, without really seeing any ramifications all around. I'm like, all right, here we go. And even when you have like the metal men seemingly sacrifice themselves, I, I didn't get do. any, didn't get any feels because that's the thing. Even when you end up having Will's like, well, they could be reselfish. I'm like, exactly. But what so about GI I'm having Robert? fun with it. Well, I'm having fun with it. What I'm saying though is it's more fun feeling than event feeling and when you you throw all the characters and that's cool i'm more having fun with it though i get the concept but yeah i see like two panels there's a bunch of people outside of a factory and then they're walking in and falling off like it's you know another brick in the wall it's just the deal and i'm like all right whatever but i was having fun so you with had another brick in the wall i'm sitting here it's like transformers from the movie and after unicron destroys a planet all the people in there go in a conveyor belt where they're thrown into a like a molten thing to be melted down for their for their sustenance well in another brick in the wall they're on a conveyor belt unicron, they, get thrown, Jim. they get thrown into a meat grinder so it's pretty much the same deal and they just fall well, off i'm not eating my meat stuff. i'm just having my pudding they end up having all this and it looks great but Again, I kind of was like a little overwhelmed again with all the things going down with it, but it's cool when you get a bunch of team ups and you get Plastic Man, you get Firestorm. People thought oh, that, you, that would be great. For no, you. no, Firestorm is really cool. Even the idea is like, how about somebody who can use the elements as well and transmute things? I'm like, badass. You barely got to see anything of it. He just kind of shows up there. The most, the biggest part for me was when you have all these heroes doing stuff. You got the Metal Man, you got Metal Mor Morpho. And you got all of this stuff in the sky with Hawkman fighting, you know, Superman robots and Kalex. The most useful superhero who comes in the field that's the most capable is Plastic Man. He comes in, he's taking care of shit, and he's giving out orders. I'm like, 
who is this Eel O'Brien? And where yeah, has he been all guy. my life? He's stepping up. He's like Jimmy. Look at confident fuck. Eel over here. And and I do like it. And the whole deal with the responsometer, I almost said it wrong. And you even get that explanation. You also <laughs> get the explanation why the metal men are able to act off on their own and all this going down. And you even get some really cool Albert Queen stuff. They got a good firewalls. Yeah, he ends up there. You got everybody going at it. But overall, you are just having you a lot s- of battles. No, you are having a lot of battles. When you see the idea of you're jumping place to place, seeing the different heroes deal with different things, where even it's Barry really Allen cool. the Flash, you know, saves Robin from the AI that's inside the Batmobile that's going to crash him like a crash test dummy, and Barry comes in and saves the day by getting Robin out of there. You see all these different little vignettes. Like I said, Hawkman fighting Superman, robots, and chaos. That's badass all on its own. I like all that stuff because you're jumping around and seeing the effects of what's going on in the world right now with robots in general or the robot heroes slash villains that like have been taken over by the new Mazo. When we actually get back to the new Mazo headquarters, we see Batman and Superman being, you know, held captive by Ultraman. Metamorpho, metamorpho, yeah, yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> ultramorpho, and all that stuff. You know, with his kryptonite, you know, skin that he has on uh, transmuted into. We have Oliver Queen. We have Ted Cord, like the billionaires that are now backing this AI uprising because they've been kidnapped, and the other leading experts in AI technology, like Toy Man, the Bug-Eyed Bandit, Doctor Cyber, and the rest. All of these people are here, and somewhere off panel. I don't know what happened to New Mazo, or like why Ultra Mazo is not, or Ultra Morpho is not watching them so closely. Batman's giving everybody a plan on how we can stop all this. Okay, when this robot monster's not looking, Toy Man, go unbolt some lead freaking sheeting over here. And for some reason, we're all going to place it on the. I just want to know when all of this plan, because everybody just jumps into action out of nowhere to make sure that we can block Superman from the kryptonite radiation while Oliver Queen shoots an arrow into Ultra Mazo's uh, chest. And then, like, does it try to crack him open? Did you want him, him to shoot it with his teeth? Is no, I didn't want him. No, the thing is, it's, it's a cool scene. I just feel like I lost an entire, like, issue of being prepared for what's going on here because it just happens out of nowhere. We're like, oh, Batman, I've, like, I, be me being Batman. I've already done all this stuff, so let's just enact the stuff that you just found out about right now. And what okay. you're saying is maybe that's why I kind of felt overwhelmed at points. Because that's the most overwhelming part for me. Now, with it, I can get the idea that Toy Man always looks like a spry guy who can run around and unbolt land. I'm like, there's no way he's that guy's yo-yo. doing it that quick. Look at him. A yo-yo. He is a yo-yo. There's Dr. Cyber. You got the bug eye bandit. But it's really cool with the cat. And then, I'm telling you, we said it before that we think that Mark Wade is just trying to impress you with all the... <laughs> and all your characters you're, are in doing it. <laughs> I love seeing all these characters show up. You're even like, uh, here's Will Magnus, and here's, you know, Dr. Rivo. Oh, and who else do we have on the menu? Tio Morrow? Don't mind if I do. Man, don't mind if I, and so with that, I love the idea you're doing all that. And then, but what about G.I. Robot? You're like, yeah, I'll take yeah, him. But he's kind of cool. It's fine. But when you have this, I mean, the, the basis of this and why you can have fun with it and what I think the kind con- this is you just playing with all of your figures. This They're is all just standing up in kid. front of me behind my monitor right this here. This is a kid grabbing every figure that he has and just like, okay, what are you going to do? Well, Plastic Man's over here and Hawkman's over here fighting these robots. The super- so that is awesome. It really is awesome. But by the end of this, people have been wondering lately, why isn't this book selling? I mean, it looks great. It, it looks fun. It so good. And I think that it ends up being now, not that I'm going to say that this is just too big, but overall, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you're having this whole play and it's really fun. But overall and everything going on, because, you know, at the end of the whole thing, at the end, this is in the past and we know everything works out because we already know the future. 
and we're even soothsayers. people, yeah, we're soothsayers. We are also. Even then, you have some people like you. I don't want to call you guys assholes, but you end up like, what's the Barry <laughs> Allen doing there? And what even is you the Barry can have Allen fun doing with this. But and well, Barry Allen's like, hey everybody, I'm here. They're like, that doesn't make sense. He goes, go talk to Supergirl, asshole. Because she doesn't mean it. It's well, even the idea, I'm telling you, it threw me off immediately when Dick Grayson was still Robin and Supergirl was alive, but it's a post-crisis world. I'm like, you done fucked up, kid, because even when you have Robin here, Dick Grayson, when, when Barry actually has to say, Kid Flash said so-and-so this, I'm like, yeah, while he's still Kid Flash, because we can't have any kind of progression in this weird world that we live in. I don't know why anybody would say this would have to be post-crisis, because just make it pre-crisis and you fix everything. And it's funny, because even by the end, when you get the cliffhanger, I was like, oh, my God, we're going Matrix Super. Oh, no, it isn't that. I actually <laughs> thought we were going you, real wacky, right? All of a sudden, you thought that Supergirl was the Matrix version of her from the like, you know, the 90s and stuff like that after Linda Lee died. But well, you saw that. I saw. What's Clayface doing now? Like, looking like <laughs> Supergirl. Oh, my God. I, I actually thought it was Matrix Supergirl. I'm like, holy shit, Eric's going to lose his mind. This doesn't make sense. But then I started thinking to myself, because you have new Amazo, because like we kept thinking to ourselves, well, I did at least. Where did new Amazo go during this whole hero uprising? We're trying to stop the AI invasion that's going on now. And then Batman's like, hey, Supergirl, what are you doing here not going around with the rest? Oh, I have my own things. When Batman turns his back, we see that Supergirl who came to the rescue with Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Barry, Robin, and, and Firestorm. She is actually new Maisel in the sky. It says like Clayface kind of like shape-shifting powers. I'm like, did you get that power from Plastic Man? Where did you get that power right now? Uh, maybe Maisel? he did because I of know. the idea. Or it'd be funny. It's like, oh, shit, Clayface was just around the corner. Because, because it really does look like a Clayface, you know, transformation that you see here. But like, but this is, in my mind, a newly minted kind of robot. He might have been around for a few weeks because he had to get some shit going, like kidnap billionaires, kill, like, you know, fake the death of Simon Stagg. So he's been around. He seems to think, but he hasn't been here for a long time. Just a good time. But when did he get this power? With that, they do kind of mention, I think it's Batman. Somebody does mention the fear and the, you know, pretty much not a great idea with this sort of robot here. To get all of us in one area. Like everybody it's, it's is now been true. converging on this, but now it's like an event deal. This isn't just the job. This is everybody. And yeah, so there Mazo he goes. just got an upgrade. Because now yeah, the thing yeah. is, one of the things they point out in this book with the new responsometer soul that new Mazo was given by Will Magnus is that the idea before, he just had kind of an automaton, a brutish kind of robot monster that could absorb the powers of people around him and manipulate them and so on and so forth. Now with the new responsometer, you know. Dr. Ivo wanted to up the ante with a new Amazo robot. So now it's able to actually take on the intelligence of people that's around as well. So you had Dr. Ivo, you had Will Magnus. So now this robot monster has become smarter than the smartest people in DC Comics. And it realized humans pretty much suck. So I'm going to melt them down. I'm going to have a robot uprising. And that's what always happens when you build robots that you want to make bigger and better and stronger. So stop doing it, people, because this is what's going to be next on the agenda. I just figured it out, Eric. Actually, this is what's happening when we all have it said what's and happening done, now this is this whole story this whole deal it is actually an autistic kid with a snow globe and he's playing with his figures eric Boom. damn right it's saint Elseworld with a snow globe yeah so here's the thing like we said this feels i'm telling you this is more fun and could feel bigger i still want more of a overall deal but you're very focused in on these you know things Still, I think, is a better event than maybe Dark Crisis. It's very close to it. being better than that. And 
it's a you, lot of fun. If you see more ramifications, like you wanted in the beginning of this whole like discussion of this issue of what's going on around the world, besides for a few f- heroes fighting other robots and stuff like that, like you get one panel of somebody getting melted down. I get it. That's enough for me for the most part. But maybe if you got the overall feel of what the world's up to right now, you would have a bigger sense of what they're trying to do, explain to you about this robot invasion and how bad it is. But right now you got a bunch of heroes sitting in room. We got to stop this. Yeah. And, and even with, you know, you know, Hal shows up and he's just in and everything's for fun and everybody's up, like, if you ended up, I don't know if you know this, Jim, but Mark Wade let me know that he doesn't have a yellow uh, imperfection anymore. He could do that because yes, he, did he didn't want to talk about stuff that happened in the Green Lantern over 20 years ago, because why would you? <laughs> So if you, if you end up where okay all the Green Lantern corps involved the, the Guardians are in like they're doing like what's going on and, like if it did ex- you just have to expand it a little more and it would really feel like the best event that DC has had in quite some time but in this and it's a hell of a story in this one book and I'm telling you in this where it almost does a disservice to the amount of characters just to call it Batman and Superman World's Finest. I mean, but Jim, it's got Batman and Superman. You didn't realize the world's finest is everybody. I just think it's Batman and Superman World. I mean, everybody's here. And like you said, you even played that game where Plastic Man steps it up. He's awesome. So I really That is did. a confident ass Plastic Man. That's for sure. It's great. I mean, he's doing things, stretching around. You got the <laughs> Plastic Man does. He's doing his things and. Uh, everybody gets a little moment Yeah, yeah, he is But yeah, all of that though really is cool But by the end, I'm looking forward to the next issue And remember, this doesn't stop With Night Terror, so that's cool This will be a book that we go through all summer with We can enjoy this, this is where we still get the well, num, we, say num, that. Num. We, got, we got one more issue though Of this arc, and then we can move on to the next one And then we also will be getting that World's Finest Teen Titans book I'm looking forward to that, so I'm we'll really have some to fun To have, that's and that'll Teen be Titans. really cool Yeah, that's gonna be Unless, unless I know it's a no, you're gonna be upset about continuity you're, It's not gonna make sense No, 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 the thing is, the idea about continuity I just need to know what the continuity of now is Because as we've seen in the Titans this week It looks like one of the like, you, know, you don't have a real distinction between the original Titans And the new Teen Titans you have an amalgam of both to seem like they're the original team with Cyborg there with Speedy and all of them. Is that going to be a part of that to try to make that work in with the new Titans book, and the flashbacks that they've shown us? Yeah, I, I, I don't think that this will work in with that book at all, but that might be why they just had that flashback. So, just are, so are we just sitting here? This is the world's finest universe. I, we can't do that because we already, we already had the Devil Nezha. Uh, do you, do you go here though? There's no Dawn of DC on the cover. All the uh-huh. other books, for the most part, have thrown that on and. When you have that Teen Titans no, book, it's not Batman branded, Incorporated. It's branded World's Finest Teen Titans. It's not a Teen Titans book. It's a World's Finest Teen Titans. So I think that it's a separate little entity of its own. Well, that's the thing. It's like even even Jeff John's new Golden Age, that's its own brand. But I still consider that part of continuity. But also the idea of the Teen Titans stuff, we've already in that first Teen Titans by Tom Taylor, you had referenced a book that's not even coming out until like October. In those tales of the team, that's where you're going to have to wait to get any sort of continuity and background wait, deal. See. Those things, okay? Yeah, for six for months. The second like spookiest month of the year. Deal. Yeah, really, the seventh. I said. Uh, but what would you give this? Ultimately, I have a problem with the parts of this book where you actually get to see Superman and Batman figuring out how they're going to save the day. The rest of the book, though, showing the robot uprising, it's cool seeing all these heroes, and even like the last part of that Batman Superman part where the rest of the heroes, like this new kind of amalgam Justice League, show up with Firestorm, like. That part's really cool. I love the idea, and it feels like a big story. The art looks so goddamn good throughout this entire book. But my score goes down because I feel like I missed an issue with Batman just you know preparing and how they're going to defeat this 
ultra morpho because it just kind of feels like it comes out of nowhere and everybody's prepared he's to go Batman. down. I'm like, yeah. I know he's Batman, but it just, I felt left behind and it. it just kind of happened out of nowhere. And I still don't get how they actually really see the day because like, you just have a bunch of people that's like, I'm going to put this lead sheeting on the ground. That's going to protect you, right, Superman? He was already okay. cracked like a diamond. They shot into it. They put the lead there. He broke out. And there you go. Eric. And maybe next Easy issue, we'll get, some, we'll get some Ted Cord Blue Beetle because he has to go get his gear, which I can't wait to see because that's bros. awesome. But I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm an 8. I'm going to go a little higher because of the art, and I had a lot of fun. I thought that the idea that it really does feel like you're just you're playing with tops. a bunch of things going on. It's like you're playing with the, the action figures. But we'll move on to the last book of this first section. It is Nightwing number 105, written by Tom Taylor, up by Bruno Redundo, Adriana Lucas, and Wes Abbott. Now, I love Bruno Redundo. I think he's a great artist. I don't need gimmick issues, especially in a book that rarely progresses the plot going forward. And the idea that you do get a bit of heartless in this. So I will go with that. You do. You know, you get heartless's alter ego. Well, I'm saying you're seeing that he's up to even more stuff, but I don't think that that connects very well because heartless should have been taken down a year ago there's no reason for him to still be waltzing around for no reason so what you get here is the gimmick pov issue i don't think that it plays out where i sit there and read it and say oh my god we could not have this done is just this what issue this book needed. without a pov type deal because half of the time it really doesn't even seem like you're doing that much with it anyway just to tell the story with Double Dare, you know, getting separated and one of the girls ends up, one of the sisters getting kidnapped. So you have to have Margo gets kidnapped. Yeah, Batgirl and Nightwing on the case. It, it really seems like there wasn't that much story. So they, it always does when you get a gimmick like that. You're always like, well, is it trying to make it stretched out? Because it didn't feel Tom right. Taylor's stories have lately been pretty light in their substance in my mind. And this whole idea where it's like, all right, here's Nightwing and Batgirl on the case. You know, Mayor Zuko, like, calls her brother Nightwing, like, look, we have a biological weapon that was stolen. I need you to get to it. Oh, who was it? It was Double Dare. Well, shit, I knew them. They don't usually do this, but I'm going to go and find them. Here's the leak of, like, and she's talking about the idea that we didn't steal a biological weapon. We stole a vaccine, and I injected it into myself, and they kidnapped my sister Margo because now they want me back because... I want to give it to a country that couldn't afford this vaccine for a deadly disease that's ravaging their people. And obviously, I'm getting paid some double dare. I'm still a bad guy, but I'm doing good work. Nightwing, help me. All right, Batgirl. I I need you to dress like Alika here and act like a decoy while Alika and me go and figure out how we're going to stop this. Because even when you find out that it is Heartless's company that developed the um the uh, the uh the uh the vaccine. The vaccine. I'm sorry. I was just going to say antidote for some reason. I couldn't even come up with the word. But they developed the vaccine. They want it back. And they're willing to kill people to get it back. So you have Lyle Shelton, who is heartless. And the whole idea then, like, look, I'm not breaking the law. They broke the law. If the country can't afford to buy my vaccine, that's on them. I'm within my rights and stuff and stuff. When Nightwing is even confronted with it, he gets to call him an asshole and stuff like that. But Nightwing doesn't live, save the day. Ultimately, we do save Double Dare and we, the vaccine does get to the country. But he even says... Well, we're gonna ha- I'm going to have to pay them for the vaccine that they stole. So he's even putting out millions of dollars Again, to the heartless can- Lyle Shelton. <laughs> and I'm like, this is such a lackluster kind of I ending. Know. And the whole thing with the idea of the POV, it really just, it hurts me because 
this story, I want to, I want to love Nightwing as a billionaire because not only is it something new for Nightwing to do, like the street level. I don't hero know how much now, money like, he can have left. I know a billion exactly, dollars is a lot of money, but still, the stuff that we're doing there, where he's closer to the Titans that he's been in a long time, him actually being with Bads and like seem like they're living together. They even have a little three legged dog. It's cute as hell. I want to love this series. They got him from the but boys that were bad. Issue the boys that were bad were hurting the dog. They got it back. I want to love this. It's just there's never any substance. And this is the second issue that's a gimmick issue in this run already. And I'm like, just please get to a good arc, a good story, something that defines Nightwing more than just, well, I got money. I better throw money at it to be a good guy on top of being a good guy. One of the points that Tom Taylor was making at one point is the idea of bad people throw money at problems. But that's all Nightwing's done. I mean, that's all he has done. And in this, when you end up where... This could be a decent enough deal. Once you, I'm telling you, once you throw anything and you have vaccine written on the page, you're going to trigger some people, even if it oh, doesn't yeah. mean anything. So I think he does that on purpose. But also, why does it have to get so fucking convoluted? I'm not a smart man, Eric. I'm not a, a handsome man either. Oh, I know. A when you sit tops. there, when you sit there and say, I, Okay, well, I stole this, but I injected it in me because it's a vaccine. So I have to go here to get them to do that while they're doing that and go underneath to do that to do that. I'm like, this doesn't seem like it has to be that complicated. The whole idea where at the end, then Nightwing just has to pay who is heartless with this company. I'm like, well, that's the thing. It's like, okay, they were not good people, but we'll have to make sure everyone who developed that vaccine is compensated. I'm like. They get royalties for everybody who had a disease with this. Like, what do you mean? Because I'm sure they got paid already for the vaccine that they created through Lyle Shelton's company. And Lyle, he's there. I mean, Lyle, here's my dialogue with Lyle. Well, you could do that, but you'll be talking to my lawyers. Oh, what do you want? A glass of water? You'll be talking to my lawyers. He keeps saying it. Also, why is Nightwing drinking this water? I, I, oh my it has God. to be sus. I'm telling it has you. to be some sort of way to a tracker. Something. Go- Don't drink that water. There's no reason. It, it's, I'm telling you, the thing is, there has to be a bigger thing because when you have like you know Lyle Shelton to sitting there and his manservant shows or up with some water for you to drink, looking because there's and, also like a, a looks like an alcohol bottle, but still, whatever it is, no, 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 fancy people, it. fancy people drink water out of no, fancy goddamn no. bottles. What you got going on? I don't know, but when Nightwing actually drinks it, I'm like, okay, so I, I wasn't counting the pages because like Tom Taylor books usually just fly by. You and thought it never something really was going to happen. Right? I expected his ass to pass out, and then I was so going to be like, I. you stupid-ass Nightwing, you why would idiot. you drink this guy's freaking drink? And like, he's already doing bad stuff, you know he's an a-hole, and it's nothing. I just hope going forward that this is more than just an artistic choice because of your gimmick POV issue, where you can see Nightwing putting a glass up to his is. eyeballs. And I'm like, don't drink it, don't drink it. And then I'm I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, well, I, I love Bruno Redondo. I really do. So good, I, we can't say that enough. Bruno... You now added another guy because now I really I'm looking on. Okay, well, what the hell, Steve Trevor? I mean Aquaman. I mean it, it, it's Barry like Allen, the, Barry Constantine, Allen. <laughs> Lyle Shelton. It's the same guy. Uh, but like we said overall, yeah, it's like hey, you a good looking white dude with bl- like short blonde hair. You were a superhero in the DC universe. And so all of this going on, I get so angry by the end because first off, Nightwing should not drink that drink, but. He's also, hey, Mr. Wing, hey, Mr. Wing, hey, Mr. Wing. It's we need to set up a joke of that's like me calling you Mr. Hole. That's all that was for. I'm like, stop it. Stop your fucking nonsense. Yeah, Tell I got a story. Shepherd. Tell a story. But why would he call him Mr. Wing? There, there's no because, reason. Because he's a proper asshole. He is obsessed with Nightwing. 
It's only to set up a, the joke. There's no reason for it. Also, with all this, again, you said it. This book has been at a snail's pace for so long. Issues, the gimmick issues should be in books that are two balls to the wall, but you got to settle oh, down I get a you. little. And so you throw there. this in. And when I get to the end of it, like we had the last one was the continuous panel, one panel of the deal, oh, yeah. whatever. Me and you read digitally, so that didn't work out for us. This one. The parkour Nightwing issue. Yeah, so this one, when I'm reading, I'm like, why? Why? And it doesn't even play out. Like, the idea was, now you could be in Nightwing shoes and do this. And it really didn't play out that way. And it just ends up like it felt to me, just smoke and mirrors. Because there was no real story, and even the idea well, even, where even when you when you have Batgirl dressed like Alika to be like you know infiltrate because they don't know who Double Dare like they know what they look like through their costumes and masks and stuff like that, and Barbara has the same red hair that Alika does. So when she goes undercover to act as bait to find out where Margot's being kept by being captured, it's like okay, then we're gonna we're gonna track you, and I'm gonna go in there. By the time Nightwing gets there, because it's Batgirl in disguise and also you know Margot from Double Dare. They've already taken care of the situation, so all the problems have already been solved for Nightwing just to have a conversation with Lyle Shelton that goes nowhere. Except for, okay, Mr. Shelton, I guess I'll pay you. Young Shelton. I end up where all this goes. I don't even know why I said that. I do. The idea You're of all with this. Young Sheldon. You're weird. The, the whole deal with this, though, and, and there's some people who are probably yelling at us while we're talking about it. And this, what I'm going to say, is not going to make the idea of a gimmick issue any better, but it does explain I mean, this is just a throwaway issue because you have to go to night terrors. And, and the idea that Tom Taylor really hasn't told shit. The stories, he isn't telling any story. So you can't start something, the issue before. So unlike Superman, where you've set up all this stuff that you can have a kick-ass cliffhanger. Oh, my God. Like, what would you do here? So all you do is throw in, oh, my God, there's actually heartless wink, wink, gimmick issue. And now we're going away for two deals. And one of the things going on here is the idea where you do mention that, hey, Double Dare, I haven't seen you since you were working at the hold. And you're like, oh, shit, that's another. And that's what they're going to get back to once we get to September. We're going to deal with the hold where it looks like it's going to be Barbara and Dick Grayson like, ahoy there, mateys. They're going to hit the high seas <laughs> to go track down the hold. And again, there's too many big there's a serial killer in your everybody seems to want to line up to pat nightwing on the back about how great a deal he's done in bloodhaven the guy has put up a statue of alfred he lets the half price pizza being sold and lets a serial killer just run rampant and kill everybody and now even with that ain't got no leads it, it even gets this here where you have the wink wink oh my god there's heartless but it, he's even paying this asshole for being a villain in another sort of way <laughs> like fuck this I get so angry about this, but it looks great. I, I did have Nightwing. fun, though, when they, when they did get a hold of Alika to try to stop her to find out what's going on with this biological weapon that they thought she had turned out of it. Like, she's like, this, I've missed this, Nightwing. Me running, you chasing and grabbing the back girl. Gonna chase it and grab it, huh? And then like, it goes around to a bookend situation because, you know, Batgirl is going to keep the Double Dare costume for whatever they want to start chasing and grabbing. I'm like, Fuck that. that's fun little stuff we right there. We already saw in the Superman books. It's but it's the fun same little joke. stuff right there. It's the same joke. Just eh, because other people it. are having sex and you're not doesn't make you get to be angry it about it. It doesn't matter. People were all up in arms about it with Superman. So I don't need it here. I don't need it here. You know? I like that too. I, I will tell you afterwards. What I was just about to say, Eric, I was about to say, 
one of the most hateful things I have ever, ever said, besides I do, Eric. But oh. I was going to say, oh, my God, wait, wait, you hear what I was going to say when we stop this <laughs> section. Oh, my goodness gracious. But with all that, what would you do? <laughs> You're a pretty sus guy, ain't you? <laughs> oh, it was but, so uh, bad. But no, ultimately, this issue did nothing for me. I'm telling you, we cannot tell people enough how much we love Bruno Redondo and how much we love the artwork in this Nightwing issue. I'm not a it fan of gimmick matter. issues. It doesn't do anything for the story, and the story is very it lackluster for what's going on here. And I feel like I just kind of read this, and it means nothing at all by the end. So I'm giving it a 5.5 5 out of 10. Yeah, I really do like Bruno, and I'm a little more positive. 5.8 out of 10. Okay, I'm going to go. go 6. I'm just going to go an even 6 to try to negate that awful thought I had in my mind. Okay? i got to push that out. But with how all of that, we're going to go off now. I'm going to go tell Eric what I was going to say. And then we'll also be back then with the first section of mail. It is time for the mail. And if you want to get involved in the mail sections, because we have two this week. All you have to do is email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, just like Bethany did, who says, Hey, did you guys notice when we were in the Fortress of Solitude in Action Comics number 1055, it seemed as if Kara's Supergirl had telepathy and read Superman's mind, and he even said, I haven't said it yet, when Kara knew he was thinking about the Eradicator. I'm confused because I thought Power Girl New Name Page was the one who developed telepathy. Was this a writing mistake? Or am I reading it wrong? And the thing is, I think a lot of people are running scared with any of these things going down. Eric Shea doesn't understand kryptonite connected to the Phantom Zone. But this seems like it was just the idea. First off, Kara's very smart, knows what Superman's talking about, because he is talking about, hey, we're going to try to get Hank Henshaw. We're going to try to get him. I know a way that we can do it, but I don't really know if we should. And then Kara says, no, I hate the idea. It's because she knows that he's talking Anything about the Eradicator. Anything with the Eradicator. Kara and me both are like, no, I hate that idea. Yeah, yeah. It's it pretty much the way it seems. And I, I went back and reread it, and it could be mistaken. That's the thing. It, it makes more sense in this action comics than anything that Leah Williams did with Power Girl in that Power yeah. Girl stuff. So I understand people are getting confused with some things. So with that, though, I think that it was one of those where it's the emphasis of it being a really really bad idea that Kara does not even need to hear the plan. It's just I'm bad. With her, but I am hoping that this action comic story does do something to make me think maybe I've been re like maybe I've been thinking about the Eradicator all wrong all these decades and hopefully this will finally get me on board with the Eradicator hype train. Do you think so or are you afraid maybe that the man of steel's gonna be the man of screams there? <laughs> I am afraid of that. <laughs> the man of screams. Thank you for taking the time to read my question. I love listening to your guys' opinions and thoughts on all my favorite comics even if I don't always agree with you. And that's that's the best Most thing. You. you don't have to agree with us. now. I think it's you. It's good uh. to hear a fresh point of view. So uh, is an avid listener, Bethany. So thank you, thank Bethany. You, Bethany. Thanks for writing in. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that it's really distressed that you don't want to use the Eradicator. Uh-uh. The thing is, really, in my mind, Kara's just, yeah, because I, you know, game recognizing game, Eric, I realize she's just doing that to say I told you so later when all shit hits the fan, right? So the next deal is Swanee. Swanee says, hello, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh crew. It has been a long time since I mailed in and wanted to say, hello, 
Hello, Hello Swanee. It's been a crazy ass year, and the end of school year was nuts. Oh my god, nuts and bolts. We were all screwed there. I hate public speaking. Glad I became a teacher and ended up getting voted by the seniors to be the speaker at graduation. Then <laughs> voted by the eighth graders to be the speaker at the continuation. Continuation. Is that what they call it instead? Because it's not graduation. Everybody has to have a freaking ceremony, so they have to come up with different names. I've never Don't heard be that, that guy. before. Continuation. Never heard that. On top of that, I got the job to be the high school girls head wrestling coach. Wrestling coach. Needless to say, May was an overwhelming month, Eric. Okay. Since summer has started, I've just been reading comics like crazy. It's kind of like how Eric reads them. I'm listening to the show. I can't They're say crazy. how much I miss listening. <laughs> you guys are by you know. far my favorite podcast and have helped me while working on my new place. I have read about four months worth of comics since the summer yeah. has started. It's like he's really plowing through. Like that. he says that when I think about it, I'm like summer just started the 21st. I'm You're crazy, Swan. I'm so weird. I'm like, I thought summer started in August, you know, with this global warming, Eric. You know oh. what I'm saying? How dare you? Actually, oh. it should have been the opposite. Didn't it, it start in oh. January? Oh, How didn't dare it start you? in 1997? <laughs> <laughs> didn't it start in nine? I How mean, since summer started, I've been reading comics like crazy and listening to the show. Can't say how much I miss listening. You guys are by far my favorite podcast and have helped me while working on my new place, right? I have read about four months. I'm repeating myself. You're Pete. I'm repeat. To show how horribly far behind I am, I am now almost finished with the books of February 2022. Remember way back then, Eric? Remember back when we thought that everything was coming up roses? We did. Did I? (laughs) No. I think we read it. That was probably one of the, and you'll say, when wasn't it? I gotta say that was like when I was real depressed at the end of every show. When like, wasn't oh, it? When wasn't it? Uh, just to let everybody know, though, I was pretty sus in that last section. I like I didn't say what I was saying. Right? You're with me. That, oh, yeah. that thing I told you was You're terrible. Bad. It was bad. I have two reasons why I wanted to email in. First of all, to tell Eric he's a jerk. No, well, that's always oh. good. He didn't say that. I know. First, the week of comics I just read was probably my favorite week in a while. Oh, in my February? Goodness. 2022? February 2022. Listen to this one. You, you tell me if you're going to warn Swanee. He's not listening to this right now, but seriously. Aquaman that. number one was way better than I was expecting. Aquaman number one was way better than Black Manta. He's right. No, he says, after that crap show that Black Manta and the Jackson 6 issue was, you like the Jackson 6 issue. It, or was that that album that came out with ABC on it, Eric? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Who's the Six Jackson? <laughs> That's uh, Dwayne. Robin number 11 was good. All right. Yeah. DC versus Vampires 5 was good. And it's so funny. Six is when shit starts getting good. It does. Bad. I'm telling you, right now it's still solid. Task Force Z5 was good. Yeah, still solid. Go Deathstroke Inc. 6 was I, good. I enjoyed Ooh, that series. Yeah, that kind of fell apart by the end. Sure Teen Titans Academy crisis. number 12 wasn't awful, considering the rest of the running from listening. I I'm, know I'm, I'm in the minority. Like, Teen Titans <laughs> Academy, I don't remember a good issue, but maybe there was. And he's surprised to say, I'm enjoying the Detective Comics weekly run. Oh, that tower. Is this Arkham, Arkham That's Tower? That's the Arkham Tower. And issue 1054 has been my favorite so far. I wish I knew where that low lied laid. On the deal because I remember like just the idea of that like bullshit. you you just keep going with uh, mouth you know monster. we're gonna get mouth monsters next time and I'm yelling at you at one point 
we're not going to find out shit. But, they, but you know, Jim, there's no reason Huntress, why Helena's in there. Huntress had no a sense. vision of Anna Volshin, and she only had visions of people who were affected by mouth monsters. Does that mean that Hugh Vile's mouth monster is now an Anna Volshin, and that's what made her go crazy, and it's not really her fault? Yeah, Hugh Vile. No, I, I, no, if, no it wasn't the I, fact if, at all. If I was, <laughs> if I was somebody while reading that, and you ended up having a uh, uh, what's her name? Tamaki came up with my name already. It would be Andy Angry because I was angry that whole time. Sure and every time she came up with, well, that doesn't have the alliteration that she usually goes. Doesn't. I still have to read Anna Harley Quinn twelve. No, also Mister Worth. I still have to read Harley Quinn number twelve. Alliteration. And Catwoman number forty, which are both series I have not cared for in a while. Wait till you see what happens to both of those see you books next later. Year. Uh, there's a bit of a teeny problem on it there. <laughs> no, Jim. It's a huge problem. A uh, huge vial? I keep hearing how great you guys say Action Comic is, but I never picked it up. He asked if it's going to get good, and they said they don't know. Hey, I heard you guys said this was really good, but you know what? Fuck you, I ain't kidding. <laughs> Fuck you, I'd rather read Catwoman and Harley Quinn. This Arkham Tower is lit! Oh my god, that town. The other God, I'm telling you. At the end where it just really makes Batman look like a doofus as well, it just that that was bullshit. The other reason was the last episode I listened to was your twenty five dollar do or die pull list. It's funny. He's that far behind and yet we actually that is crazy. That's crazy, Eric. That is really good. Twenty five dollar do or die pull list and got to thinking of mine. Obviously I'm way behind and I bought all of these anyway, but here he goes. DC versus vampires. Robin, right? Those are both four dollar books. Task Force Z, mm-hmm. Dark Knights of Steel, Nightwing. That's still great at that point. Deathstroke Inc. Oh I'm telling you, Deathstroke Inc. could have been an amazing series if it didn't get completely derailed by freaking uh, Dark Crisis. The well, that is true. But hey, I'd be a faker if I said I didn't like Angel Breaker. Oh my god, I'm like Nipsey Russell. <laughs> You're not <laughs> Angel Breaker. I thought Angel Breaker would have been a really good uh, addition to the new Birds of Prey. I thought that that would have been pretty yeah, I agree. good. Lastly, Isn't she I want... showing up in something soon? Yeah, your dreams or no, no, your like, screams. I, 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 no, I'm seriously. Like, is, she, is she in Night Terrors, right? Yeah, she's in Night Terrors. Okay. Your, your screams. My screams. I'm the man of screams. <laughs> they call her Angel Breaker, but you know she's Angel Screamer. No. <laughs> Lastly, I wanted to throw Breaking out my material biggest, somewhere else. Lastly, I wanted to throw out my biggest disappointment so far since Jim's last year. Green Lantern. I'm a huge GL no, no. fan. Thing is, the Green Lantern. He didn't write it properly. The Green Lantern. We have Green to Lantern. figure out what series we're actually I'm talking about. I'm a huge here. GL fan. I I am a fan of my GL track as well. That's actually GI track. There could be oh, playing it. Jim. I have a huge. Hal Jordan GL tattoo. Just like Eric's. Eric's got a big grimace tattoo. This book is god awful. So happy that there is currently a new run and it's focusing on Hal. Like you said, this is the Green Lantern. Well, I'm telling you, Hal Jordan right now in the Green Lantern, our Donald DC Green Lantern book. I don't think it's all come together yet, but it is still something I would 10 times rather read than what we had with the Green Lantern series. Remember when uh, we, I think we stopped when we ended up where they were shooting arrows at the fucking moon. And, and that nonsense, you're like, I, I don't know. Was get it the Breen arrow from the yeah, Silver it was, Age? Yeah, it was the Breen arrow, Silver Age, and they were shooting the moon. Shoot the moon, uh, Eric. I'm out. I don't Girls, 
Bad Girls, I was so excited for this book, but holy crap, it's terrible. Mm, sure keep, is. Keep, keep thinking that, because it keeps being We have that. a finale this week, and you know what? Nothing's changed. Detective Comics might not be great, but at least Cass and Steph aren't stupid 12-year-olds with no common sense. Word, word. Word. Oh, I, they don't have any. They can't buy things. Fuck me. They can't pay attention. Is that what they say? Insert cash register sound. I'm, I'm telling really you, there's ex- strokes going on in the background. There might be, and I'm telling you, sexy. I'm really excited. You know, can't, <laughs> can't pay attention, you know. I'm having problems there. You don't, know, you don't know what I did during that break. I'm really excited for Trial of the Amazons. I mean, seriously, is this a email or a cry for help, Eric? I, Look, I really don't know. You can right? be excited about it. You don't know what the future holds. We didn't either. I was excited for it, too. It could have been really good because I looked forward to Queen Nubia. It just, it just all happened to suck us all. I usually look at, you know, what we've gotten up to that point, kind of look at the lay of the land and realize that, yeah, it was going to suck. But they, I hope they were, well, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, Eric, it sucked. I'm really excited for Trial of the Amazons, but I have zero faith in Clunan and Conrad, so I'm worried the whole thing will be nonsense. But they didn't really do that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure nobody cares about my opinions. Actually, I was thinking that myself, so, oh my, that was not. Uh, I like it. It's actually funny to hear you, uh, you know, be a little chipper, being very optimistic. What time the show had some of that? I'm going to message Swanee and tell him, listen, keep it coming because I want to see a spirit being broken each and every week. But we'll see. He says that uh, the opinions half a year and a half ago, but thought I'd share them with you. Thank you, guys. You do what you're doing. Hopefully by the end of summer. I'll at least be in the year 2023 in my books. I can't wait to get the emails. 2027. I just hit the night terrors. All right. Have a great summer. I'll tell you have this, a though. Spooky summer, Aaron. Right? R- right now, where you're at in your comic reading order, that's a pretty good pool list. I think I would have had most of those on my pool list as well. Yeah, the thing, though, is, is I'm really enjoying a lot of this done at DC because of that shit that he's reading right now. So. There you go. But that stuff was really good at the point that he was reading. It just hell happened to get bad and it would have been dropped off my pull list. Test Force Z sucked. Dark Knights no, no, of Steel was okay. Test Force Z started out really good. But it didn't take that long for that thing to just lose all worth whatsoever. Like DC versus Vampires, I want to think things really kind of started falling off the like, tracks by issue six. I didn't really like it. Now, okay, Deathstroke Inc. 6, he was on. That book really never did anything. It, it, no, it was just trying to set up Dark Crisis, but it didn't do a great job. But the ideas behind there, where you have this Black Canary and Deathstroke working together to take down this trust-like organization that was actually the secret society of, like, you know, going on and, like, all that stuff, and then King Deathstroke becoming King Deathstroke. This could have been cool. But mm. the weird sidetracks that they would do, like, all right, we're going to go to the fairy tale universe because we need the Queen of Fables. I mean, that's what he's just about done with. And yeah. Then it- and people love that shit, and that's the stuff I hated. Special K, who you got, right? Special, Special K. K. Special K. Clay. Special Clay, G? You say. Special G. Special K. I don't remember. Special K I'm is what you stroke. take. Not with the freaking yeah, name. Really, I'm going to give you a special punch. Ah, uh, but that's it. That's it for the mail. No shot for that one. Did you deserve uh, it? Yeah, well, if you want it, sexy boy, I'll give it to you. I'm always up for a rim shot, but we'll go off now. We have rim two shot. books in the next section. Listen, I, I'm trying to be classy here, Aaron. Uh, And we have two books, and we ended up saying, oh, my, it seems like it'd be a good section with Cyborg and the Vigil. We'll see if that's true, Eric, as we go back to that. And just remember, we have another section of mail after that as well. So, hey, everybody, we'll be back in a moment.
cyborg book that we're going to start with it's a dawn of dc book obviously we didn't love the first issue you're we kind of on the fence okay the idea it of seems a daddy to be doing robot, something maybe had legs to it yeah well it does but it's only cybernetic legs erica <laughs> we'll have to see how this plays out and we always do give a book three issues and this is a book that we'll be talking about every issue and anyway six issues so, cyborg, so we'll do that but if I was just regular workaday comic book Jimmy here, I would probably be very, very worried about this and maybe start figuring out if I really did need to read it. But I would still give it one more issue to kind of write the deal. But you give us the credits and we'll get into this one. Cyborg number two, written by Morgan Hampton with art by Tom Rainey, Valentine DeLandro, Michael Ateo, and Rob Lee. And the thing about this issue is... The idea of Cyborg being back in Detroit and starting the series out with the idea that his father, pretty much his biggest nemesis, even though he loves the man, he hates the man at the same time because of what he did to him to make him become the Cyborg. And the fact that they've been fighting ever since their mother, his mother died. It's a situation where I want to see the, the emotion behind. I want to see the man more than the machine in Cyborg now that his father is dead. And that cliffhanger we had last issue where all of a sudden his childhood home, a robot shows up with the voice and the memories of Silas Stone. I'm like, okay, what is this? I want to know more. And I thought this issue, Things could really work out because it felt like a lot like a firestorm issue because, you know, Cyborg doesn't want his father like being in this robot body that was devi- uh, devised by Marcus Wilcox of Solace Industries. And so he takes the memory out of this robot and puts it in his own body. So you have pretty much Silas Stone talking to Cyborg in his own mind, essentially. And it felt like a lot like you'd have with Roddy or Jason or Dr. Stein, whoever he is in like, you know, the, the firestorm body at the time. When you had this, I thought maybe. This is a way for these two finally to work it out when they have to experience, like, it's almost like walking a mile in another man's shoes, essentially. Like, Silas can finally see what's up with his son and maybe even feel what his son is feeling because he's a part of his own body now. But when you bog an issue down with what we had in the first issue, the worst part of the first issue, when you have Estelle Green and her, do better, Detroit. We're tired of this Marcus Wilcox and Sullis Industries taking people's jobs and trying to gentrify everything. And here's Booyah Boy coming back here. And then you just had the freaking text coming in on the side for the super chats of this online show, whatever the hell it actually is. I'm like, 
I actually think there's a story here. Can I call her a bitch, Eric? And you wouldn't get mad now. Here's the other thing about this, though. But she's trying to be a bitch because that's going to get her ratings. And I also think there might be a twist to that anyway. But still, in this, what you say would be correct if this was actually Silas. Silas is dead. He's been buried. So an AI is not going to do that job for Cyborg. He's not going to sit there and say, well, my daddy AI learned machine-wise. And I think there's the disconnect. You talk talk about it in this whole thing. Even Silas is before he died. There's a narration of Silas talking about the idea of what is a soul. Is it our memories? Is it what we experience? Is it all these different things? Because Silas wants to get to the bottom of it. And then the idea that he's put his memories, his thought patterns into a system before he died in Solus, you know, headquarters. Like, is that the idea? Like, what is a soul? What makes a person a person? This could be an existential crisis or a way for Cyborg to get through things through this thing that may or may not be his father, depending on how you depend on like you, how you define what a person actually is. Yeah, I, I don't think Cyborg would define his dad as a AI that ends up learning as it's going on. It just doesn't make and and in that this book sucks. It knows everything I, I that Silas knows. It, it knows everything, but so does anybody reading a Wikipedia. That doesn't make it. It's so ridiculous that you couldn't have played the idea that maybe Silas is missing and you have this deal, and then you could because by the end, what are you going to get? What are you going? Hey. Uh, daddy robot me and you are good to go now you're, you're not going to get any resolution this is just an ai that was uploaded at a certain it, it's ridiculous and so when you get that coupled with booyah boy with online deal also the way that this plays out and the, the way the script goes on the page first off i hate the art and then also the idea where narration that gets kind of wedged in between, uh, you know, panels and page. It doesn't flow right. I think that this is probably one of the worst books of the Dawn of DC. It is a wreck, and I don't like it at all. And so by the end of this, if we were going to vote things off, I'd say I don't ever want to read this again, but we will be. But I'm telling you, everything is lost in the shuffle. And by the end, I'm like, that's not even your dad. Like, the idea that we saw him bury his dad legitimately... Uh, that already just throws it out with the idea of well maybe See, this AI because know. now the the uh, so you're saying that an AI program will learn now and that that'll be good for Cyborg because the AI that's well, even an AI the, program even by, now it's not anything even to by do with the, it. even by the end of the series I do think that we're going to shut down the AI system but it's going to give Cyborg a chance to actually have closure with his father because you know pretty much they died not I'm not going to say hating each other but. Ha- but having disagreements, if you have this thing that knows everything, like uh, Silas does, talks like Silas does, acts exactly like Silas did before he died, you could have that moment where I you don't can think say you can. goodbye and, you know, bury the hatchet once and for all for the, like, the, all the problems that Cyborg and his father have had ever since you've had a Cyborg character. You're going to have to make progression with the AI that wasn't his dad. It's now a learning again, AI. It's not it's a his learning dad AI, anymore. But it's a learning AI to the fact that you can still learn yourself. Like, you're not stuck in a pattern that you were but 30 saying, years ago. But I'm saying, if I ended up getting a robot and it was your dad, I mean, eventually they might be able to, uh, you're not going to end up having closure because an AI, after your dad died, the AI's learning while inside of you and do it. It's the most convoluted way to try to get the walk in somebody's shoes idea. I think it's ridiculous. I think that it is laughable that he thinks that this is something that Cyborg at the end of the day will be like, well, my dad was an asshole, but man, that AI learned a lot. And no, now no, no. I'm so the thing is, he has a Cyborg legitimately right now has a problem with this thing thinking that it's his father, even calling him, said, like, don't call me that, you're not him. 
But I think who Cyborg is, what he's experienced, the idea of combining, you know, uh, humanity with technology, the pretty much the essence of what Cyborg is. It's the same thing with, with Silas with the fact like you go beyond the physical form to what you know Silas was talking about in the narration beginning, the idea of what a soul is. Now it's just like a digital, like, you know, I think it's, it's the idea of his thoughts. Because we talk about the idea of cyborg. Am I more man or machine? Well, now is he more machine or daddy? It just doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me that he already buried his dad and then an AI can learn to maybe they can have some but again, sort of progression. Like, you, you just keep saying an AI, but I'm talking about this is something that Silas did himself before I know, he died. I but it's an he AI his now. Thought, his thought, I'm saying, but it's an AI it as if the idea that it is Silas Stone who still has the ability to experience and learn. Those AI, yeah, but it's an AI. That, that's it's all. A, it, it's an artificial it, intelligence of his dad. This is the same. I can get on Chat GPT and say, "Hey, make a song like David Bowie," and it will go and get every single thing that David Bowie's ever done, everything online, boom, and then give me. It's not David Bowie. It, it just like this is never going to be his dad. It's just well, a what learning if David AI Bowie now. AI had all the thoughts and ideas, every memory that he ever shared with anybody. It would into still a be an program. AI. It still wouldn't be David Bowie. It'd be an AI. And that AI. goes with the idea then, like, what is a soul? What makes a person a person? What makes it, a fi- like, is it the physical body then and that's all there is to a person? No, it's that you can actually go and this is a, an AI machine that now once it goes forward, it's learning based on being an AI. It's not learning through any anything else but an AI. And even at the end, it's zeros and ones and all that. It's It's nothing. Well, that's just, that's an artistic choice for it to be a binary, like, look of the Osiris's face saying, we gotta go to Solace. You say about the idea of this Phantom Zone shit, I wanna know how he ended up doing this, and what are they doing, and how this works, and is this actually all of well, his skills, or is, is this an, an AI an old, deal? Like, con- like, sci-fi concept, we've had this yep. a bunch of times. Didn't Ray Bradbury do a story like the idea of, like, you know, up- there was even that, um, Trying to think of it was an Outer Limits episode that I think they turned into a Johnny Depp movie where he uploaded his like consciousness into not and not. This is a awfully written story. It has a awful progression. It has a terrible pacing. It ends up where in the middle of it, it just hey, look at me! I hate people, and I'm in Detroit doing my, my podcast. Sounds like me. Oh no, I'm telling and you, the still green is the worst part it. of this entire book. I think it drags this whole series down for something that I think could actually be a really like feel like a legit story for Cyborg and show an actual progression in the character. Besides, or am I more a man and machine? And I hate my daddy for what he did to me. This is started out in but a way that, like, you know, thing. you take Silas off the board, but he's not really off the board. That's but he's what I'm going, saying. Like, I wish he was fucking off the board so we could do something new. But then you could just have, you know, the idea of the depression that'll set in for Cyborg because he never had the chance to reconcile with his father before he died. And he, like, my father thought that I hated him before he died and stuff like that. Like, you might have some hangups with your own father that's really doing this, but the idea of being able to say goodbye one last time, and even the idea that maybe I, Silas, I this think, AI version of him. That doesn't want to live like this so like he understands now what cyborg's gone through like this process of being more machine but it's than not man. the same it's a it, cyborg is a guy yeah it's that but it's an ai i if i'm sitting there and i have an ai program computer i'm sorry son i'll be like fuck you just say like it's not an ai and transfer that word but to it soul. Is. but it's it's not but what is it's a soul? an ai nothing it, i don't see, care i mean i'm saying this this is an ai it's it's a computer program but what is a soul? A soul is that you can dance and you like like Parliament Funkadelic. You end up where even when you're in that, you know, company. Hey, Solace. hey, you fuck you. Download dad. Leave. I'm like, what? Well, like, what are you doing? Why aren't they stuck? Well, it, it just ridiculous. I'm saying he doesn't want his father's, you know, memories inside. Yeah, but this why, robot why isn't anybody controls? stopping this? Because or he's, doing, he's just like, eh, whatever. 
And this guy, Marcus Wilcox, still... He's stealing shit. I'm saying that Marcus still wants to work with Cyborg. He wants to know what's going on with this whole thing that Silas left behind while doing work for Silas. Yeah, I need to go. And then he just. And on top of all that, because even by the end, when uh, when Silas is uploaded into Star Labs and then like, you know, some of the barriers that were previously there were unblocked. He's able to remember everything he had before. He's like, guys, you've got to get to Silas right now. So some bad shit's going on with the idea that we had Gizmo and Mammoth in the last issue doing Wrecking House in Detroit. And in this issue, we have Shrapnel and Fastball. Is it the idea that Solace is trying to like, and it's one of the cool things of this book, since we are in Detroit, going to the old Detroit, like Justice League headquarters in the warehouse, and they're just defacing stuff and like, just kind of, and it's and just to thing. do that. It's just a fan service moment. There's no reason. No, it for is a it. fan service, but it seems like they were hired by somebody yeah, to do this. Yeah, to face it. I, yes. Uh, but why? Like, because I think they're like Marcus, like, um, Silas, before he died, he, like realized what Marcus was up to and put a safeguard in place by putting his own mind in this whole thing. Maybe Mar- Silas knew that he was going to die soon, that he had health issues. Maybe it just wasn't sudden to come on. But this is only the second issue of Cyborg, and it seems like we are heading somewhere. I t- I'm telling you, like Marcus, he wants to work with Cyborg, but like you said, it does seem like Silas, why, why wouldn't he be aware of, oh my God, I can't have that AI, he knows this, or he might know that. It's just, it's, it's poorly set up. I think it's terrible. Uh, but really, I mean, anything else? Because I, I didn't like it at all. I think it's bullshit. But well, I, I what do is look your score? Where it goes because I want to see how this affects Cyborg for the status quo of the character going <laughs> forward. Because, like I said, I think Silas is going to go away at the end, and we're going to finally have that closure that Vic needs to be able to move on, so we never have to deal with the idea that I hate my daddy anymore, which is always one of the two things we'll that we throw by Victor Stone. Because this book is going to sell like shit. Nobody's going to buy this bullshit book. And next time we get a book, Silas will be back. There, there's no doubt in my mind this will just be pushed away because I don't see anybody well, talking about it. I think this it. is going to I don't like, think anybody's put Silas buying in his for good. Well, you say that. I, I think this is going to be one of those books that they're just going to say, like like a black manna that, that you ended up having Swanee talk about that will never reference any of that bullshit ever again. Because nobody cared, nobody bought it. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I don't think it's going to be extended past six issues. And I believe this might be one of those that does continue through Night Terror. So we'll have to deal with this stuff. But what would you give it? Because I'm telling that, you, I think that this book is awful. Well, ultimately, the Tom Rainey art's a little hard on the eyes because everybody looks like a claymation figure. So it's not exactly the best kind of art to go with this. And the idea of Estelle Green, a do-better Detroit show, is a terrible part of this book. It bogs the whole thing down and just makes you hate, like, I'm not going to say hate the book, but I don't hate the book. I just hate that part because it just feels so unnecessary for the actual, what I feel like could be a really good cyborg story. But the rest of the cyborg story keeps me interested, so I'm still going to give it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a 2. 2 out of 10, I I can't stand it. I think it's a nothing book. It's not going to matter. And the, I don't, what did you give Superman? A 7? And you gave this seven, a yeah. 6? Jesus yeah. Christ. Next up, we're going to The Vigil. The Vigil number two, written by Ram V, art by Lalit Kumar Sharma, Rain Barreto, Lee Lowridge, Dave Sharp. And I really like the first issue, me and you both did. Oh, yeah. This, it's issue, takes, this issue takes a bit of a step back. It, it, it's, well, it's, okay. it's such a weird idea, the idea of this team, The Vigil, these superheroes that you don't know who are working to keep technology out of the like the hands of people who don't need it. And it's just going to be bad for the world. But you don't really feel like you know the characters all that much yet. So when you dive into a backstory of Arclight and who he is and these new characters, 
I feel overwhelmed just because I feel I like things are being. I'm feeling like I'm being passed, but like uh, left behind, and they're moving on before I feel comfortable with what the actual story is. Where uh, where I will end up giving you know Ramsey a little credit. Usually he does take his time, Eric. He really does, and you only have six issues, so maybe he is like I don't like. It's a weird pacing because, like you said, I'm not real connected with the characters, but we are learning a little more about Arclight. But then you end up having a really, really big Doom Patrol feel in this. Oh, even it feels so much like Doom Patrol. The Dawn of DC, even Doom Patrol, about going and grabbing, you know, what ends up being a television headed kid. And I'll tell you, I read Saga, watch out. El Nino? Those television heads end up fucking people, and you're in big trouble, Eric, is what happens. Yes. Also, a child. We'll get to El Nino in a minute, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so all of this going down with it, and it, I still like it. I still like it. I'm intrigued, but it does feel like you might have left me behind a bit, and maybe the tag, I don't know. It had a weird feel, especially by the end, where you really get wonky, like all of a sudden snipers and things, and the whole thing where, like, I know we have Vigil. We have a team of superheroes that are being put together, like I said, to get technology all out of the streets or out of the hands of people who don't need it. And I'm like, we have a big story to- showing the background of Arc Light, where he was a soldier. And then there was an accident, whether it could be prevented or not. I'm not sure or if it was deliberate. But it seems like his wife and child were killed, which led him down to the child. path of becoming Arc Light. And like, I'm like, okay, Arc Light. I remember him now. This is a character that we're focusing most of the story on as he tries to take down essentially a Stranger Things, what feels like a ripoff to Stranger Things, where you have a Hawkins lab that's experimenting on children to use like, you know, their emotions to change the weather, and this one kid is changed into a TV-headed thing that can do stuff at the... I Nino! It's El Nino. It's El Nino! (laughs) And he can change the ionosphere to make the weather do whatever it is. It got a little crazy. (laughs) Well, when you have the doctor who's working for the vigil, it seems like he knows a little bit too much about this. Like, he was the head scientist in charge of taking these children and pushing their emotions to the breaking point to control the weather for ill means. But I'm like, all right, you have that. You have Miss Se- uh what's her name? Seha, like um and Seha. I'm sorry. Yep, Seha. Is it, okay. Is it Seha? And you because- definitely you definitely end up seeing it's Miss Seha. Yeah, you, you definitely end up seeing the doctor who's watching those yeah, like yeah. he saw us, he was there. And yeah, he ended up making some El Nino. Oh no, I'm sorry. You have you have Miss Saha, but then you also Saha. have Seiya, and you have Dodge. Because oh, yeah. I was yeah, definitely Seiya trying to get through because you have the other characters in the vigil. I'm like, the fuck are the goddamn names? Seiha, just no. like you know, you could, like but Seiya. it's probably Saha. It, I'm telling you, the the names do get a little you know hard to remember at points. But I, I don't know. It it still ends up intriguing me. But when you start doing things like a what you'll have Ram V do. Like when you get to this Camp Weston and you're explaining, well, this was all Hawkins these Lab. antennas and then it was this, but before it was a camp, they called it a camp. They had kids here, but that was before. And then even when you do go and see El Nino, Eric, who actually, I say he has a, you know, a, a TV, TV set yeah. on him. He, it's more like the portal cube that he has on there. But he's still El Nino. Well, there was that one, there, there was that one character in Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania who pretty much had like a, an energy cannon for a head. And that's what this kid looks like, essentially. A kid with a hospital gown and a freaking energy cannon for a head. Yeah. And, and you know. El Nino is Spanish for the Nino. See, you're always learning stuff in Weird Science DC Comics podcast. That is true. The Nino. And I get it. You get that intro. Oh, my God. Sus government. They ended up his daughter and wife seemed to have died. So he has a little soft spot for kids. And here you go. 
Uh, and then it's going to set up that the doctor, you know, the main deal, he's a little sus. But even when you get to the point with El Nino, and we're at a point like shit's going down, and then we kind of stop to explain things, and it really throws the pacing off there in my mind. But you get the explanation. Okay, let's let's stop the action here t- dealing with El Nino and these kids being abused by the secret lab going on, which feels like it might have been shut down a while ago, but, but this kid is still here and the only one left. I don't understand why. We're going to get this kid out of here Doom Patrol style and bring him back to the vigil because kids don't need this stuff, and we got to protect the weird metahuman kids that control the ionosphere. But we're going to break this because you remember that that guy in the first issue who was the old handler before Miss Saha came in to be the new handler, and he got killed on the shitter by that guy with the black eyes, the gooey black eyes who kind of looked like Mister E. Well, he's back and like he's going to go and kill some other people now. And this big like you know cabal, this almost conspiracy is going on that the vigil has to get to the bottom of. And I'm telling you, it's such a weird idea where I feel so lost already. You get a little lost. I mean, the whole play is they ended up going on that ship, right? Mm -hmm. They tagged that box. That got them to the camp. Then in the meantime, when they end up with all that going down, you end up having that that, black goo. Did that that box lead us to to Camp Weston? Because I know that we have a character going to LexCorp at the end of this issue. I didn't even realize that that box inside that ship that had the LexCorp symbol on it is somehow related to Camp Weston. Yeah, they seem to say that that's where you got the tracker that led him right there. That's why Arclight's there. That they oh, say right. that okay. the that's the thing. ended there, there up is, going. There was a tracker. Okay, I took it differently to the idea that for some reason it was an, like I took it like a weird conspiracy wise where you have a LexCorp. Oh, box, I think right? it's a conspiracy because that's why I think we see that guy going. There's into a tracker LexCorp, here for this. So the idea in my mind was like, okay, we need whatever's inside this LexCorp box to go over to Camp Weston because we're stealing this box from LexCorp because we need to do some shit and this track is going to let you know where to deliver the goods. And the, the weird play, though, is... For some reason, I didn't, put, I didn't put an idea that LexCorp was involved with this at all. It's just like a weird like side connection that doesn't matter. And it may just be that one guy that's... But when you get to Camp Weston, like you said, the thing that throws me off is, okay, they say one of several of the things smuggled to this location... Yeah. But there's only this kid with this, you know, square, yeah. you know, head there. So what face. is going on? Was this from before? Was this then? I don't El know. Nino. And then it becomes that weird play because you were really into the idea of, oh my god, this may actually come Cross right into over. conflict with Stormwatch and Stormwatch. It's not Stormwatch, and Stormwatch, not Doom. Because they're just trying to get, but now it kind of veers away. Because Stormwatch and, is collecting stuff that people shouldn't have. Well, these are trying to get stuff away from people like Stormwatch who are collecting these things. Yeah, but like, then you get here and it's a kid and it starts to get a little wonky and, and like you said, overwhelming. And again, especially. I, th- I think the kid part is a weird, like, it's almost like a side quest. Where it's like, okay, we're going to come here to fig- figure out where this box is going, and there happens to be a kid with a TV face. We've got to protect this kid, and we're going to shut this place down, but we still got to figure out what's going on with this te- this rogue technology. Well, and when you say this, when he gets there, Arclight's sent to this camp, and he goes in. He sees this kid. And, and Arclight has, like, electric powers, essentially. Yeah, he has electric powers. So you get that now. Like, where is, because at one point you see a bunch of military guys who must have been in that. They're running away. They're getting attacked by El Nino. Well, that guy's got electric powers. His kid's got freaking ionosphere weather powers. I don't get paid enough to be a guard for this. At that point, they don't even know Arclight's even there. I mean, they're just running away and getting just obliterated. So he's, he's up. So what was Arclight really supposed to do? What I'm saying, what was he really supposed to do here? They ended up getting Check that tracker out. because they're actually when they show up there, they know that the thing that's was going to it's not there. 
they ended up taking that. They took that out of the box and kept the tracker to see where it was supposed to go. Yeah. So he goes to check it out, finds this kid, and then gra- is he supposed to not grab the kid? Is he supposed to grab the kid? Because then when he goes, he, he seems to be going a bit too far because then you end up having the government show up and they're going to take him down. And he's like, fuck this, you know, make hey, it kid, rain. El Nino, do me a favor with your ionosphere powers. Make it rain. Oh, no, you know what that means, kid? All them guards out there that are trying stuff, they're all wet. And up arc light, bitches. He's like, be like Pac-Man Jones Classic and make it rain, v, huh? bitch. <laughs> and they end up where they go there. And so at that point, they're even yelling, oh, no, you can't do that. They'll be pissed at So. That's where I, I have a bit I'm of a disconnect. Right. I do what I want. This is El Nino. <laughs> and then, and then, then you, so, I don't know if you know this, Jim, but El Nino <laughs> is Spanish for El the Nino. El Nino is Spanish for the Nino. I read this issue and saw his name was El Nino, and I could not get Chris Farley floating in the freaking weather out of my head. You end up having this, and then I sent you, you a message immediately. You've got to clip these scenes right now because I need this tonight. So then you get, like I said, now Saw's like, oh, no, I don't like this. You're sus. Where's, you know, where's everybody else? Where's Saya? Where's Dodge? Oh, there are other places where then we find out that they're there, you know, at Rot Rathy's beach house where he got shot on the can. They're yeah. collecting the black goo that they put in a Ziploc bag. Go out. You see that it was, in fact. You know, Saya and Dodge, which is kind of cool. Then we go off to Vander. Vander Vander's Wall. also known He's as you know, Mr. Wall. He's Vander Wall, who's then talking to Mr. Hep, but uh-huh. then gets the, the, Take the, shot. the green light to shoot this guy as Mr. Hep is walking in the LexCore. And it seems like whatever black goo is inside Vander Wall's eyes is also filled up in his bullets, or somehow he manipulates the sniper rifle to shoot his goo because when he hits this guy, in the back of the head that he's assassinating, his head dissolves into black goo. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, or, yeah, it's weird. And, yeah, and everybody's, uh, because, you know, a normal, but, but again, we don't know who this is I that he's shooting. Know. It might be, like, an alien that you need I to do this. Know I don't know Wall. I don't know who he's shooting. I'm telling you, I you don't You like Vanderpump the- Rules, though, I heard. Oh, nobody, no, I don't like Vanderpump Rules. It's just I, I read the vigil and I'm like, I want to experience <laughs> this new team. I want to like these new characters because I always want to love new characters because why not fill DC with awesome characters? You got some cool stuff that could be good, but it's just balls to the wall progression of moving forward. And I just feel so left behind. I'm like, I don't know if I'm enjoying this. I'm like, there's certain scenes, obviously, TV headed El Nino and no, I like, like having soft spot there. for kids. Oh, yeah. I, I like it. I don't even know if I like it more well, than Cyborg. Well, when at this the point. guy gets shot with the black goo, is, it does. Is that a I can understand uh, Cyborg. Is that a side? I don't even want to even understand that. I think you're insane. But yeah, this. But it's supposed to be wacky. But I think he's going too wacky. Like the idea that I thought, boy, this could have been like Ram V doing Doom Patrol. That's fine. But now he's going way further than he should, and I think he might be losing track of the narrative by just well, getting even- wacky. Even when we have the Dr. Sankaran who was watching over like Castle and Dr. and uh, Misaha, like the operation that Arclight's on, he's realizing like, you know, the idea that like he was a part of this program at Camp West and he was that evil doctor in Stranger Things that was doing shit to Eleven. He walks away and Misaha's like, that man can't just walk away. He's got some ans- like, uh, answers, uh, I need, like questions. To he answer. has answers to the questions that I have. <laughs> okay. And she, go- she goes to follow him, goes to the room. All of a sudden, his clothes are just slit, like fell on the floor, like he faced through that. I'm like, 
She's like, the hell, and I'm sitting there, the hell, and all of a sudden, Dr. Sankaran is in a negative realm of freaking Cthulhu terror. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. And then I was upset. I'm like, oh, that asshole didn't need those glasses. He goes into this freaking negative zone with all these Cthulhu terrors, and he says, oh, Hep. What have you done? <laughs> and I don't know what that means because what has he done Mr. to this world? Hep. I don't understand. But there's Mr. Hep. But what have you done? Is it because this world that I don't know, I've never seen before, is different? I don't fucking know. I see a dragon with a clock head. I got a vampire squid-like thing. Uh, what looks to be like a black mana ship doing Meanwhile, stuff. Meanwhile, at, uh, at Neon. What the hell is at Neon? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Well, at Neon. I guess Atheon. that's this, um, you know, science space. HP Lovecraft fucking horror nonsense. It's, it's cosmic horror. Probably I'm sure it's something. Some nonsense. Next thing you see, Cyspurrier fucking running through the scene. Get the fuck out of here, Cyspurrier. But yeah, by the end, I'm so confused. Uh, but I, I actually like the stuff with Arclight. And when it's you fine. even get, you know, Blockhead. Very strange You know, things. El Nino. Th- that's fine. I never saw that. So it's new to me, Eric. But. I didn't mind that, but once we get to the doctor, and even the idea of, oh, is the, you know, you get, is the doctor trying to cover up his own tracks by making it into this mission? Like, that's interesting to me. But yeah. once he, once he phases through his clothes and ends up in the fucking Cthulhu world, and he, he, you're not getting me here, it is intriguing enough, but it's one of those things where we talk about it all the time about cliffhangers and mysteries. Like, I, I like a mystery, right? I don't need something that's such a mind freak. That I'm like, I need to read the next issue because Every I, issue, don't I don't know, know what's what happening. the fuck is happening here. That's not exactly the type of mystery I love. And I really like that first issue. I was really into learning about these characters. And then we go up. It's almost like he tricked us. He he is mind freaking, but he tricked us into, hey, I'm going to give you this team. I'm going to, well, and then boom, you, you don't know what's going on. I mean, the minute that you get sniper, and I felt bad. I, told you, I, I couldn't even remember dodging Seiya's name. I'm going to say his name. I'm like, oh, I should know this right now. Well, remember, we team. were talking about Arclight and we wanted to know more. So we, we do find out a little bit more about him. And Well, he's it, definitely the most interesting in my mind. Yeah, so. In that, once you get Dodge and Seiya, the funny play is who we got in the first issue. I actually thought, yeah, I don't really, really know that much about. Like, I thought I kind of did. And once you see, I'm like, yeah, I need a little more of this and, and find out what's going on. But I'm still intrigued to see if the again the next issue really has to kind of give me some info. We, I think he's oh, going to dial it back a little, and maybe this is like the mind freak issue, and then we'll. Kind of, you know, reveal some things, but I don't know. A lot of times I don't really trust Ram V to get back to certain things and whatnot. And he may just leave some of this behind. It would be so wacky. But yeah, at the end, I, I was more of a what the fuck is happening than anything On top else. of the idea, it's like, what the hell is going on? This is very Stranger Things, but also it's very Doom Patrol right now in the dawn of DC with taking this kid with these weird, like, metahuman powers that they gave him. Like, all right, well, like, you know, we got two Doom Patrol books going on right now, and it feels like hopefully we don't start collecting people like that book does because it's going to get really crowded really yeah. fast. Yeah, and, and again, El I Nino. don't know. Like you, like you said, though, it's it's Stranger Things for you, and when you get there, I don't know that you needed to do that. I could have just, like, oh, my God, we uncovered this government facility. You don't have to have, I don't know. I guess it's a story, and we'll see how it plays out, but I don't need El Nino anymore because El I found Nino out is Spanish for the Nino. It is the Nino. What would you give this? I, I watched that SNL when it actually aired and I could not stop laughing because the thing is 
everybody was talking about El Nino. It felt like the first time at that point in time. And when he did that, I'm like, yeah, this is essentially all I understand about the Nino. Yeah, exactly. Just him yelling that he's El Nino. <laughs> to this day, I think that's all I know about El Nino and the weather patterns. Oh, my goodness gracious. But Thank you, Chris Farley. You did it perfectly, you buddy. You did it. 5.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm a six. I'm kind of like you with the cyborg with this. I'm still into it. I want to know oh, more about it. And well, good because that cyborg book sucks. I, I think that you're on the <laughs> losing end lately uh, with all these things. But we'll see. We'll see. Her. We'll mind. see. We'll see how the Trinity goes. I'm just saying. A lot of people think she's unlikable, but you you loved it. You loved it every second of it. But that's I it. Four of these books. We're gonna go off. We have more mail. And then we'll finish up with yet some more nonsense. But with all that, we'll be back in a second. If you would read my mail, Jim, want to tell my words would tell. But if they tried to read it, we'd hear an epic fail. When you reach the part where opinions come, the hero will be Jim. How dare you! A hero to us all. And when you read the mail again, you'll see the nonsense never takes a break. It never takes a break, Eric. Just like El Nino. Yo soy El Nino. Yes. <laughs> there it is. Eric, you know, during, this- during that song, though, before we get to the mail, I was actually just thinking, too, with the idea of the cyborg book and it being in Detroit because that's cyborg's hometown. No, I'm saying this is nothing like you're going to hear right there. But that Estelle Green do better Detroit. Like, you think that is supposed to be something along the lines of those really fun commercials that you had in RoboCop, which also took place in Detroit, that the show you did the dystopian kind of corporation that you had, but it was like a really, like, like, is that what it's supposed to do? Because it's not doing it. I was just watching RoboCop the other day. I don't thinking, think so. Is that what that's supposed to be? Because that was fun. And this is the voice not. of the streets, Sarah. It's terrible. It's the streets. Like, hey, you, all you chums out there at the rec center, let's go, booyah. But it's so annoying. It's the you worst. You agree that that character, Estelle, is unlikable. I won't oh, even yes, go totally any further. Unlikable. Just so unlikable. But the problem is, but the thing is, I think she is. She I might think be like she's supposed to be the the hero by the oh, end. Oh no, no, she's terrible. Uh. But I think the idea is like looking beyond the part that she's putting on. This is the character that she's playing to get the clicks, get the views, because people love somebody who's outrageous. But, but the thing is, though, we've had two issues of a six issue, and you know, first impressions there. I, I hear, I hear they're important. And she just seems so unlikable to oh, then totally pull is. it around. I don't get it. I just don't get it. But no, I don't think you can pull it around. She's just very unlikable in the worst part of the book in my she mind. She is. And then, you know, is she going to start, you get a car. I don't know. Is she going to have contests? That's weird. <laughs> she going to Patreon? Oh, my goodness gracious. She has a spotlight on here. Uh, but in all of this, we have the mail here. And we have three mails this section. Again, if you want to get involved in the mail, email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, just like Andrew from Belfast. Emails Ooh. in, and I talk about I talk to Andrew every day. So this is old hat to this me. This is your best Eric. friend? Is that what's going on? You don't even talk to me every day. Yeah, because he said you're Eric from Bell Slow. <laughs> Uh, what is with these yeah. mail sections? What happened? I don't know. Is that M A L E? Oh my goodness no, gracious! What's happening right now? El Nino. <laughs> yes, bring me more, Chris Farley. Hello, Jim and Eric. I hope Quaker Town's fine. So keeping well. 
Yes. Thought I'd email into the show since I have been remiss of late to my correspondence. He's very fancy, right? Fancy here. indeed. Just wanted to let you know how positive I am of Gone of DC. Less books, nice. but better quality is my take on things lately. It's my wife's side. <laughs> All right. Gluely. My Gluely. current pool list consists of World's Finest, Action Comics, Superman, Batman, Shazam, Green Lantern, and JSA. I also That's have pretty good freaking list right there. World's finest Teen Titans on order for when it I comes out. Each and every one of these books, I think, offers fun. Yeah, Eric, you know what that is? Freshness huh? and an interesting twist, Eric, on what are nearly all, I say, like 70 to 80 year old characters. Now he's talking about me. I feel like I'm getting a combo of classic style DC, but with freshness through the fun storytelling, great art. Now I, I know that Eric doesn't like fun. And Jim has many vendettas Scrub. or vendities. Beom, beom. You, you like that, Eric? I didn't have the sound beom. effect up. Beom, beom, beom. Yo soy el niño. <laughs> we have that. That's all that matters. <laughs> but if we had have seen a Big Bang launch with all these titles starting off at the same time, do you think the current crop of books would be seen as good as Rebirth? Maybe. Yes. There's some stinkers, but you know what we would have had? At least an arc of these before, before night, terrors. night terrors. That's Agreed. what we would have gotten. That's all I was thinking about. That's why Superman ends up being able to have that strong cliffhanger because that was really set up this whole time. And I wish that all of them would have been able to have that. I think it might have been, and I'm remembering some of the total crap that was out around Rebirth too. Even total crap like such as Superwoman and uh-huh. Supergirl, Eric. That Supergirl. I wanted book. to like so much. It just. It almost became Supergirl of Burnside, the way it was, like, you know, written. Down with Supergirl, up with Cyborg Superman. Right? Is that what they were saying then? Kind of. I also really <laughs> enjoyed the recent Supergirl book. Up with Cookies. Nyox uh, Art made it. He did, Nox. He did make it. Nyox Todd Art Nox. made it. Yeah. He's pretty good, that guy. Anyway, leaving the books aside, just a few general points. America's Sweetheart disappointed me pretty low, Eric, by not getting all excited. By all this Transformer news and image. It's funny I'm not that everybody's dancing monkey with Transformers. Why can't I enjoy something that I enjoy on my own time in my own way? Listen, there are only three things Eric likes in life, and they go as follows Dead by Daylight. Three things. That's it. That's all he's dealing with. But Look, I was wondering. I love DC <laughs> comics, I love horror movies, and I love action figures. Yes. But I was wondering, did he see the new Transformers movie yet? Have you no, seen I haven't seen it yet. It's yeah. such a weird thing because my friends keep asking me, oh, man, have you seen it yet? And you got to see it. And it's just I was so, like the Beast Wars was very important to me growing up. So them throwing Beast Wars characters in the new one is something that should really grab me. But I still just rather go back and watch Beast Wars because they're going to bastardize these ones and not even have the oh. ones that I want to see in the movie. And the last two Transformers movies, besides for Bumblebee, have been real shit shows for me. So I'm like, look, I'll eventually watch it. I'm just not going to rush to the theater to see it. You're not going to go see Optimus Prime doing no, this thing no i went I'm to see you, it if, oh. they, if, if they came in there like hey look we got rat trap and wasp in there maybe but they don't even have those characters i went to see it at the cinema and thought it was good good, good. fun he says but fun yeah that doesn't I even hear that they have air razor who's a transformer that turns into a hawk right yeah she doesn't even transform into a robot in that she's just a hawk the entire time did they have shark former that's pretty no good, that guy a standout moment Fuck. 
was the massive robot fight to the soundtrack of LL Cool J as the movie was set in 1994. That sounds like I would rather it be set in like 87 and maybe, or maybe 85, it would have been have uh, radio. That's one of my favorites. Radio? Yeah, radio. That was pretty good. He can't live without his radio, he says, right? I think they probably said it in the 90s just to like, you know, give you that era, like the idea that the Transformers have been here, we haven't played with this yet, and also that was around the time when the Beast Wars were on t- like, you know, coming on TV soon. Go a little later, and then you do it to Intergalactic by the Beast Wars, and now we got shit going on. A standout moment Well, was honestly, that, that should really be in there for some reason. Intergalactic Planetary? Yeah. Yeah. I filed this under the most awesome scene since the Beastie Boys, No Sleep Till Brooklyn, accompanied the Guardians of the Galaxy, kicking the high evolutionary's ass in Guardians Volume 3. <laughs> Neither have I. Uh, somebody asked me today. The, if I the last movie I saw in the theater was Evil Dead Rise recently, and then I found out like two weeks. Like you could like watch it from home in two weeks. I'm like, fuck me. Why did I even go to the theater? Because I had a terrible experience. But the last movie I saw before that was in 2015, so I don't get to the theater very often. Yeah. Well, are you excited? Did you look at that well, Daniel that Warren you. Johnson art? Did you see that art I sent you? Um. Oh yeah, I did. I did not care for it. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't. I just wanted to throw that out there so people could get mad at you. But yeah, you I don't think Why, you would ever like his art. Yeah, yeah. He's very popular, Eric. Kudos that's not my thing. To Jim for all the awesome parody songs in the podcast standouts of the last few weeks. I can shake it off. And Frank Sinatra AI. Speaking of which, Eric, doing Donald Trump's ridiculous voice. AI <laughs> made me nearly choke on, on a pancake on Saturday morning with laughter. And that's see, that's what you miss well, if that's, you're not that's on the, the Patreon. That's the worst part about it because I was mad. Like, you made yourself Joe Biden and me Donald Trump. Like, why'd you make me Trump? He's like, you're better at Trump. And the thing is, listen to him. You are. Yeah, the, the way great. I say the things is perfect. I can't, it's, it's, it's terrible. And the thing is, while I was talking, I was really at point stammering. It really worked. It worked so good. Uh, but if people don't know what we're talking just about, just small little comments. Oh, yeah. Just weird things. Perfect. And then, and you would come in with your sarcastic nonsense. Oh, yeah. It was perfect. It was great. But if people don't know what we're talking about on the Patreon, I ended up getting a section of, I think it was our spotlight, right? I think From so. the Patreon. And I ended up getting AI voices that made you Trump and Eric Trump and me Biden. And we were arguing about people being mean to me online. <laughs> and it worked out so well. It made me laugh so much. Made me laugh it was too. so good. And I said, at one point, we may have to, and nothing would be set up. It would be stupid to set it up because then it would feel fake. But eventually, we might, I might have to have a whole section of that with just that, but I don't know. I thought it was just fun for that little bit. But also, quick thanks to all of the non DC stuff I'm enjoying on Patreon and reading along with the Invisibles, Grant Morrison's right. Doom Patrol. That's me and Gray from the Wakasashi's Tea House, who had his two year YouTube anniversary. Oh, congratulations. He invited me on, and I fell asleep there. I'm an old man. Yes, you do. Well, it was late. It was like one o'clock in the morning. Well, the the dude's in Japan. The timelines don't work Damn out right very well. He's in Japan. He is in Japan. But the idea that he ends up, I felt bad because when we do our shows, I end up, we do it at like nine our time, me and your time. So it's it's nighttime for a. him then. Oh. But a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Nine a.m. for us. So he ends up at night. And then I, I felt bad. I fell asleep. But. Also, Death Note, my hero, and spy family at the moment, planning on starting Jujutsu Kaisen. Is that that soon as Well, that's the man, just a little hiatus right now. I got mad at Luke Hollywood last week. He ended up ditching oh me twice. And then he's like, well, we could do them now. I said, no, we're not doing shit. You're done. I put him on put the you sidelines. Put your little foot down. said, you go over. <laughs> I did, Eric. Hey, I have pretty big feet, actually, flat as well. 
Also, shout out to Ghosts of X for allowing me to keep up with the X books. That's with Ruben and Jason that I've stopped buying. Shout out to to the WSDC alum, Chris Sheehan, who was back doing his podcast again on the Nightwing book after a break. Anyway, got to go until Luke Hollywood decides to buy an alarm clock. There you go. (laughs) Never shall make mine manga. And I mean Marvel. I mean go DC. He's with all DC. P.S. R.I.P. Jazzy John Ramita, personally my fave Marvel artist, even better than both Ditko and Eric's favorite, Jack Kirby. P.P.S. I really enjoyed issue one of Mothman from Franzetta Comics this week. Worth a go for anyone interested. You like the Mothman, Eric, don't you? He's all right. something you go with. He's, He's a Mothman. Cool. He's pretty you cool, like that religious? Mothman, right? I'm sitting here, though. Does DC have a logo like that? Because Make Mine Marvel is such a good freaking tagline to things. I'm like, you know, does DC have anything like that? Do we yeah. have to come up with something? Once a DC, always a DC. Shut up. <laughs> Would you like that? Would, no. would that be what you're down no. with? You don't like that? That's not something that you Hold the line of two ninety nine. DC. Yeah, they have that. Just say hold the line of four ninety nine. Now just go with yeah. it. It still rhymes. Inflation's a bitch. And so is Trinity. <laughs> Me and Gray ended up talking about a book that I know you would hate. And I, I brought you up for, I think maybe, I don't remember, but it was the Bone Orchard Mythos Tenement Number 1, Eric. Okay, that's a terrible title. It's by Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sarantino, which you did not like their Green Arrow that I love. Look, they have a very specific kind of art style that you don't I was like not Andrea a fan Sarantino's of. art. That's the big play is what I was going to say. People love that, yeah. that art, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I really, I like it. It's it's changed a little bit since then. And the remember, stuff like, that people hated, I was like, this is some good New 52 Green Arrow. And then it jumps into the, like the, like, uh, um, like a different kind of Green Arrow storytelling, almost like getting towards the, along the lines of the uh, TV stuff, but doing their own thing. The and that, clans like, you know, and stuff like yeah, that. Was, I really the, liked The it. clan stuff with this threw me off in the art style. I'm like, I don't know if I need to read Green Arrow right now. It was cool. You had the clans there. Then at kind of the same time, you ended up having Charles Sewell doing all the other elements of the Swamp Thing deal, almost getting, you know, the whole play of... It reminded me of, like, the totems, too, that Marvel had, like, you know, the spider totems or stuff like that. I'm kind of sick of those, so maybe I am not down with it now, Eric. You you made me realize. I'll tell you this. Yo soy el niño. Oh, but that tell is me the every time. deal. That is the deal there with Andrew Buffa. So thank, thank you, Andrew. Andrew. And next is J-Man from Half Moon Bay, and this is from last week. I had mentioned uh, the deal that we had skipped the mails to have them all this week, and this one does mention Father's Day and stuff, but you'll get up to speed, Eric. Hey, Jim, what's up, Eric? What's up? I listened to your DC Spotlight banner for this week, and I agree how Jordan is heavy in the creep factor sure in that is. issue. I almost hope Jim's comment about this story being Carol Ferris's night terror is accurate. <laughs> oh my, is that? Are you happy to see me, or is that a night terror in your pocket, Eric? I say. I almost uh, hope that, that my problem with having so many Green Lanterns, human and otherwise, is you usually have enough written space for a given character to make that particular character very one-dimensional. Hal is highball. Sure is. That. Ooh, Fly by the seat of your pants, never looking before you leap. John Mm-mm. Stewart is always the loyal military man with his highly structured constructs because and he an happens architect. to be an architect. Kilowog is a tough drill instructor who makes Poozer. hammer constructs and might actually be dead, Eric. At least he doesn't say that, but that's what it looks like. At least in yeah, Robert Venditti. Boom, boom, run. I felt like... <laughs> Two Venditti's in this. Don't have nothing. Hal was being forced to grow as an individual because he was pushed into the leadership role. Eric, 
Captain Continuity, you should read your copy of Void Rivals. Oh, man, I'll get want that. you to do that. Ooh-wee, I gave you an early copy, too. You were on the cutting edge. I said you can get in all your nerdy groups and talk about all you want. It's called the internet. While every father and newly graduated student is going out to brunch with their loved ones this Sunday, you can certainly find time to read Void Rivals, number one. With uh, what if new Good Transformer and or G.I. Joe characters are introduced in the upcoming Shared Universe series and become so popular that Hasbro makes a new toy line for said characters? Well, Eric might I'll buy make a to- I'm still thinking I'll buy a toy. Them. Yeah. Oh, it's the whole thing. Like, they, they make a new character to see it becomes super popular. I'll know about it then. You know why? I'll read the back of the box or even jump on a wiki later on. Look at you. And what are you, what are you Silas now? What are you? Is that your what soul? What does that even mean? Is that your soul now, Eric? You reading the wiki? Uh, don't you want to own the issue that first premiered in? No. No. He, I, I end up where a lot of times I will tell it. You're, you're a bit of a recluse, Eric. Not a spider, but a recluse. And when you and people start talking, I always have to step in. To tell them, Eric doesn't like to get involved in anything. No. All the time in, in the Slack, they're like, man, did Eric see that? I'm like, I can't speak for the guy, but no, <laughs> he <laughs> didn't. And he's not going to want to. Ah, uh, yes. Or would you like to purchase said issue for $500 off of eBay not a year from either. now? And that's the thing, too. Just as I say, you don't really collect comics that way anymore physically. So. I agree. But I still have so many comics and so many long boxes and take up so much space in my tidy ass apartment. Like, this is why I had to stop. I'm like, I don't need to jump back to this. Now, a few things that I do, like, you know, a few listeners got me some great things that have gone in that collection that I love. And like, you know, even Mark Jager, he got me a Transformers trade from Sp- from Paris while he was there from no. the IDW stuff. I didn't it's French. I Paris. can't read it, but it's like, it's still a really cool thing to have, though. At one point, though, I think it was on Christmas. He got it for me for Christmas. So Christmas night, I was even telling him this, where Damn just guy like, didn't send me shit, and that doesn't just, make sense. He just went to Paris like two weeks ago. Don't try to cover up from. But, he didn't but get just me shit. Just reads um like some French and she speaks no. French stuff like that. So <laughs> Christmas night, I had her reading me the Transformers because I can't read it. I would love it if she uh, she has no clue. She's like, and then Optimus Prime says, "Don't come get out of here." You like that sounds that tracks perfect. Ooh, Optimus Prime. Like, Ooh la la! Get me my baguette there. Optimus Prime. <laughs> Things are weird on Cybertron right now. Somehow, it, just because you're speaking French, everything's French. Then it's like the Eiffel Tower starts transforming, and it transforms obviously into Big I'm there Ben. Oh. I agree that IDW didn't do a great job overall with their Transformers stories, except for the King Grimlock miniseries. Yeah, some of the earlier stuff I thought was good, but when they revamped the universe, I just could not get into it. What you're saying is when they got Danny Lord to write anything, they knew the shit was bad. If you want to read something in the Transformers universe done right, check that out. So he says the Grimlock mini. Yeah. As much as you get on DC about continuity, I feel like Void Rivals, Transformers G.I. Joe shared universe is the opportunity to see a fresh start. Start. Unknown properties. You don't like the idea of a combined Energon universe, you told me. Well, it's a weird thing because I, I had it growing up because you had the G.I. Joe comics and them Transformers comics and they jump over, but you also had like, you know, Marvel putting them out. So you had it in the Marvel universe as well. So it always just kind of felt like a weird mishmash of things. Yeah. At least two of them and a third will unfold as we go along where continuity is done right. Only time will tell. I was inspired by your Mount Rushmore DC creators, and we ended up doing that in our Patreon-only show that happened during annuals week. So if you didn't yeah. get to hear that, you can go still hear it on our Patreon, patreon.com. Did we do that, for that or did we actually just do that last week when we only had two books? 
No, we did our twenty-five dollar door die pull list. Oh last yes, week. I think you said Mount Rushmore for some reason. I jumped because we were supposed to do both for that, and I got it all messed up. In my Which, head. with that, Eric, just as a shout out to people who watched that on YouTube, a couple of people ended up asking me, and I had to step in and talk for one Eric Shea. Man, are you and Eric going to do a Marvel and Independent twenty five dollars? I'm like, nope. Look, I got I got twenty five dollars in my pocket. I'm good. Exactly. Uh, to make my own secret Mount Rushmore list, I tried to focus on who impacted growing and involving characters the most while still maintaining or developing some continuity and presenting character details that would help propel said characters to other forms of media. Here it is. Number one, Bill Finger. He goes with with Batman he inspired the cow gloves, the name Batman, the name Bruce Wayne. He did a lot of things. We'll All say the best Eric, rogues and gallery. a lot of the rogues gallery. Number two, Grant Morrison, always the fan of breaking the fourth wall or giving the most meta version of the character he can play yep. with. You're not a big fan. People Morrison love him. Is, I, I yeah. have no, the thing is, I'm not a big fan for a lot of stuff he does, but I will tell you the guy's imaginative and did a lot for the JLA book and stuff like that and got me interested in the JLA book again once it felt like it had gotten stale. It's just when he gets all Grant Morrison about it, he leaves me behind. Yeah, he was the main creator behind such series as All-Star Superman, Seven Soldiers Victory, Final Crisis, Batman and Robin, uh, Batman Incorporated, etc. I hate Final Wayne. Crisis. Yeah, I know. And I was going to say, you're not a real Seven Soldiers fan either, I would think. Uh, Seven Soldiers is it's decent. It's not something I hate and or love. It's okay. Do you like more Seven Soldiers or Seven Fingers, Eric? Which which would you rather have? Would you like Seven, seven? Fingers of what? <laughs> Just your hand, seven fingers. Yeah, I'm gonna. You either can take the seven soldiers, or I'm gonna chop right, off a like, couple fingers. Give me like seven fingers of whiskey. All right. Okay, you want that? Man, I don't know why I even said that. He created Damian Wayne, who <laughs> was found this way and animated movies with his asshole. Sar- Which is Sarkiness. funny when he when he created Damian Wayne, I was so mad at that situation. Ended up loving the character. So kudos, Grant Morrison. It worked out in the end for me. Number three, Dwayne McDuffie. I would think that you would have a little bit of an issue saying, well, it's Milestone, but with other creators. Yeah, but Dwayne did a lot of stuff at DC as well, though. He's just going with Milestone, but he actually oh. says and did the same thing with his stories with Just League and Just League Unlimited animated series. Yeah. He was key to, I don't care about those stupid cartoons. I'm an adult. He was a key in getting grow the character him. of Static into a popular cartoon. I'm going to grow on you at the time. time. Static shock. Static shock. Static's a cool character. Yeah. Have you read any of that new Milestone stuff? You, you excited I have not about read that? any of it. I know. No, I, neither have I. Number four, Jeff Johns. All the people on this list, Johns is the epitome of revitalizing and growing characters beyond what they started out to be while him when he started legacy. Too. Somebody messaged me, I think it was the other day, and said, you know what? I now hate Jeff Johns and, and went through the whole route of without Jeff Johns, there wouldn't have been that Flash movie that came out with Ezra Miller because Barry wouldn't be around. That, that was their whole deal. <laughs> Fuck you, Jeff Johns. They said, I'm like, all right. When I first became aware of Jeff Johns is when he was starting to do like the Green Lantern Rebirth stuff and then all the idea of the like the different spectrums. I'm like, Skittle, yeah. Yeah, where do you get off? I mean, I even started calling him G-Off Johns for how he's because I'm an asshole. I'm like, where do you get off taking away my Kyle Rayner and gets changing off my in your favorite heart? Super? And then it, like, I'm like, you know what? I, just stop being an asshole. Read the comics. You enjoy yourself. And that's what I did. Oh, my God. You can have fun. He was he has done this with such characters and properties. Flash, Green Lantern, Teen Titans, Just League, Booster Gold, Aquaman, Superman, and Action Comics. I was just so stuck in my waist, Jim. Working behind the scenes to bring the characters and properties to other forms of media. Stargirl, who he created based on his late sister and the JSA in a popular live action series, Justice League in the movies. Now we're starting to get people mad. Episodes of Smallville, Just League Unlimited, and Blade, the series. 
Flashpoint with the Never watched new Point Flash. Series. Yeah, I, I haven't either. We were talking about that today and the idea of Flash where Wesley Snipes still wants to be, uh, not Flash, Blade, still right. wants to be Blade. But the point is, vampires aren't supposed to age. So that's that. And well, I said, well, they're also supposed birth, to. I said, though, they're also supposed to end up paying their taxes. That's my joke. Ah, yes. Flashpoint was the new joke. Flash <laughs> movie is loosely based on, I think, many. The, Triple H came up in the discussion of Blade. I think many well, of the, the most thing is, Blade's, DC. Ca- Blade's kind of like a pure blood, so he would age because you even had those old guys, you know, vampires. They just age slower. But if you make like a, a Blade movie, let's Wesley say like Snipes again, I don't so mind old. Wesley Snipes. He is very He's old, but if you ninety, I don't want Keanu Reeves to do another Constantine movie, but I wouldn't mind it either. He's not Constantine, but they could still have exactly. fun. I mean, I I don't see that happening. I think, but you I, said a movie like twenty seventy Blade, where he's still alive, but now it's old man because he's aged slower than the rest because of it, like you know being a daywalker as he is. You know that could be a fun like a dystopian vampire future where Blade failed and now he has to clean up the mess that he didn't stop in the first Triple place. Triple H is there still? See no, that? he died. Uh, would we have that? Uh, you know, pseudo Deadpool? Would he be there? I think many of the most Hannibal popular King? DC uh, DC animated movies are based on Jeff Johns' critically acclaimed series runs. That's it for now. Keep up the good work, CN7. Happy Father's Day, says JMN from Half Moon Bay. And last is See, Craig. You're talking shit on Blade Trinity, which, you know, obviously you can because it's not a great movie. There's a lot of fun to be had, but, like, Blade 2 was amazing. Yeah, I like Blade 2. I like Blade 1. Exactly. I like Blade some, of the CG, some of the CGI in Blade 1 is kind of just dated at this point in time, but it's still a fun movie. I like Blades of Steel. I don't see yeah. I like it all, Eric. I love Blades it all. of Steel. Of Steel. And then when you play that, you get done double, triple. We have it all, <laughs> Dear uh, Craig says, Dear Jim. Dear oh. Jim. Exactly. And that's what my wife says. Dear Jim. I'm assuming Eric is on some sort of register. <laughs> the fuck is does that mean? Insert cash register sound. Maybe that's what it means. And can't answer for legal reasons. But Jim, this is <laughs> as What's... a fan of young heroes. Which small boy in the DC universe would you most want to sleep in stately Werner Manor as your ward? This seems okay. like a setup to get me arrested. For me, I'd go with Tefe Holland, Swamp Thing's daughter. I love that he says what boy and then goes with yeah. the gun. As I'd never have to go to the supermarket again. Yeah. I say that I want Kid Flash. I'll have Kid Flash because he could do things speedy. He goes out, do the lawn, asshole. He does it in two seconds, and then I don't have to worry about it, right? He could go and do all that shit for me. This is kind of a weird rope you're like uh, walking down right now. You're just doing things. I just need somebody who's going to do the work and do it quick, right? There you go. Uh, my, my kids are still here. They this is questionable. They don't do shit. Well, I have to answer the question, Eric. You're not allowed. You're on a list. <laughs> you're on a register, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> cash register sound. And he says, keep on keeping on your pal, Craig. But that is the end of the mail. Thanks, everybody, for mailing in, including Craig asking me which yeah, Craig's doing weird the house, things. Right? Oh, my. Should I have just said, like, Super Bowl? Super Bowl. He, he's about to be a man, isn't he? <laughs> well, he's a Superman. No, no, I'm talking about actually pre, pre-deal. No, Clark, when he was just a, a, oh. a young boy. We're going to go off right now to two more books to end the show. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Loves kisses to himself And he really thinks a tear is tear Well, that's just Eric Shay Looking for a star screen Or maybe a hubcap Spends all his money buying all that crap Well, that's just Eric Shay 
And here we are, Eric. We are here for what is pretty much a bad cat section, right? Bad cat, cat to section. End yeah. The whole deal here. We can get all fired up. The books that you've been waiting for. You've been telling me all night. You've been chomping at the bit, Eric, to get to these two books. We have a finale and the beginning of hopefully something even better, right? Is is that what hopefully. we have night going on? Night tears with a K, and then Gotham War, Eric. Your, I guess, fall event. Can Everybody's I say fall that? Event. Can I say? I think it's going to fall flat. Is what I think it's going to do, Eric. But we're going to start with the finale this week. Uh, we have a couple finales, both uh, of the Clunrad variety. Even though they will be in the night terrors, I saw some people yeah, talking yeah. about this deal where they're like, "Oh, thank God, we're done." Well, not if you like the Nightwing. And you want the night terrors because that's what they will be doing during night terrors. But after that, we might be free and clear of the Clumrads. And here's the thing. I, I think they mean well. I say this all the time. I, I do think they mean well. I don't see them coming in and trying to ruin anything. They might not quite get some things, but I don't think they were ever trying to ruin stuff. But they just don't be a have a weird it. MO. Yeah, well, I'm saying People will say that, like a Tom King, he wants to tear down. I mean, anybody who's deconstructing characters, they're kind of in there to kind of ruin them, then build them back. They're, the Clumrads don't do that. They're just trying to do their deal. They sometimes go and try to grab onto like old continuity, make it work. And in this, they do something. And I was wondering, hmm, this seems a little weird, all of what's going on here. And I did ask Michael W. Conrad if this was something they changed after they actually found out that Gunhawk had died. Was still alive. I mean, I died, yeah, yeah. I'm saying the idea that he was still alive in this comic felt weird because we've been talking about it for weeks uh, all throughout the saga. Why would Gunhawk be on the cover of this? Because that boy's dead. Yeah, and then there is a twist, but you never actually see the uncovering, so I'm like, this feels like a late second thing. So I actually asked him, and all I got back was a wink emoji. So I'm like, all right, but it actually made me laugh. I'll give them credit when credits do. They actually twisted it around, whether it was after the fact or whatnot. But they realized that something was going wrong in their book, which they have done before. But this ends up making it up. But it is Batgirls, and it is Batgirls number 19. And again, if you are not aware, this is the finale. It's over. If you're not aware, you'll see on the last page where they just completely break the fourth wall and start talking to the reader. But it's written by Becky Clune and Michael W. Conrad. With art by Robbie Rodriguez, Rico Renzi, and Becca Carey. And yeah, you're, you're going to get a lot in this issue uh, that seems kind of weird to me. First off, you have Grace O'Halloran. She is going to make a stance. As She's one gonna does. She's going to put that, that target on her. I don't know. I, I don't want her to die. But the idea that you put a target on you, but then you know that you have a flak jacket underneath, it kind of lessens your badass status in my mind. Well, nobody has to know about that. Well, they know it now when you get shot. But even so, you do start with this. And I ended up saying for the last couple of weeks, even I think the last time we talked about this, that I was pretty sure that we were going to get something along the lines of Grace O'Halloran, like, is going to be able to murder somebody. But some one of the backgrounds will say, no, 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 that'll end up making that makes you like you them. just as bad as them, Grace. You're right, backgrounds. <laughs> when it happened. I was kind of upset because I'm like, oh, no, like, I, I, I think like them, a hack, because that is the hack move. But nothing in this really is, I don't know, is it horrible? I, I don't think so. It's just nothing is surprising. They're weird. 
when you jump into the issue and the idea that everybody in the Hill neighborhood is banding together because the police want to put a stop to the Batgirls because people are getting shot on the streets because the people who are doing the shooting say, down with the Batgirls, so everybody's going to dress up, go and protest. We love the Batgirls. Days ago, a horrific shooting took the Hill, uh, shook the Hill to its core. A wave of grief, fear, and anger flooded the streets, but the people didn't break under its weight of like. Didn't you have like a serial killer like a week and a half ago in the hill? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. And now there's the a shooter. A this, is, <laughs> this is a neighborhood. Yeah. I, I mean, Brooks, he better start earning his keep. He better stop running around helping bad girls and get to the beat here and do some things. Now, the funny thing that you say is where I expected the very tropey, very cliched, just we're marching through the streets. Hey, we're all bad girls. You get that for like a bad. You don't actually do that, but it feels weird, too, because you kind of lose track of that whole play of the Batgirls are supposed to be arrested, so what's yeah. that going to do? That kind of gets a little shoved aside. You end up where you see Clunrads now are like, oh, man, this is our last issue, so we do have to throw in a bunch of things, like old Brooksy. Like, Brooksy, we hardly knew ye. He's there Officer all of a Brooks. sudden. The helping hand from GCPD. I don't know if at the last second they're trying to make this a romantic thing with Oracle out of nowhere, which would be odd because of Nightwing. But still, you have that. I'll laugh about him showing up in the hospital later because old Rocky, that's what this is all about to Grace. And then later, everybody's showing up with flowers, but not giving them the Rocky. I think Rocky doesn't want flowers. But when we're doing this, though, they're they're walking around. They're trying to figure out where the snipers are. And the Clumrads want to make it smart. They want to make it like, hey, we're going to triangulate this one. It really isn't. You just end up, oh, no. no yards, north corner, <laughs> top window, street side. And it's so weird to me, too, when you have the Batgirls who are hiding, you know, in plain sight with the rest of the people dressed as Batgirls on the street, trying to get an eye on where the sniper's nest is. It's like, copy Batgirl. Batgirl's on it. And then out of nowhere, Steph, what, me? You. And I'm like. But you just said Batgirl's on it, and all of a sudden, why does Steph think, like, no, it's just her, and why is she upset about having to go and do this? Because she's been a Batgirl for a while now, which leads me to this whole other thing, where this whole issue is, like, talks about, I think it even has it on the cover, but at the end, once a Batgirl, always a Batgirl. I'm like, was that ever in question, and why are we hinging everything on that in this? That is, first off, that's where I said they break the fourth wall at the end for that, but that has been the Clunrad's personal tagline that they have even on but Twitter. Why? Because, because they're hacks? I don't Be, know. Because that, Cass the thing and is, Steph were both Batgirls and they're still Batgirls? Same with Babs? I think that what they're saying, I mean, you even have the same play. Bendis at Long Live the Legion. He kept hashtagging that. It was just their catchphrase to do this. But they didn't really get, I think, Cass or Steph. And at one point, we were convinced that they weren't even aware of their past and was going to write them, they said, as 13, 14-year-olds. So it's a re weird deal. That is just, that's more for the fans. I mean, five of them. The idea, hey, everybody, we're all Batgirls forever. And it's just nonsense because but the idea, of Batgirl. course. Well, because I of was course they would be there. But you have all this going down. They end up seeing the first sniper, and that's Gun Bunny. And even that with Gun Bunny, it's like they want to make it really personal. But it really isn't. But then it is. Well, and well it's that's the really thing odd. is when you ha when you have Steph confront Gun Bunny, and the idea is like I'm here putting an end to you because it's people like you, the bats of Gotham City, that got my poor Gun Hawk killed. So now I'm here to re like you know in retribution, and I don't even know what you're doing here because I've watched you. You got to know your prey if you're a Gun Bunny. I know you can't fight worth a damn. 
And then there's Steph. Thank God I've been training with Cass so I can make Gun Bunny look like a, a bitch, essentially. <laughs> Just knock, <laughs> knock her down this entire time. So, like, it's one of those things where you had a training montage, what, in the last issue, two issues ago, with them just kind of doing Tai Chi together. And like stuff. all of a yeah. sudden, Steph is just a capable Batgirl. And I I don't know where I got the idea really became that she wasn't. Like, obviously, she's not Cassandra Kane level fighting wise. No, no, But no. like, I never got the idea that she was a slouch or thought of herself as a slouch. Did she come back from the dead wrong and like scared? And that's the thing. I think that they just end up because they're playing these girls as these two dimensional things because Kaz, and also they want to do opposites attract. Ooh, Kaz is a good fighter. That means Steph isn't as good, which she isn't, and but she's, she's still talker. capable. Yeah. And then she's, it's like that whole deal. And I don't get it, but also it's a weird play because it does seem like they're aware that like, are they, they say at one point, we think there's two snipers. Yeah. And the other one ends up being the dude. Well, there that, better that, be. We even had Gun Buddy and Gun Hawk on the cover of last issue, no, didn't we? And that's my play. Yeah. And the thing is, that's where I didn't understand them, where I ended up, you know, messaging old Michael W. Conrad about this because it seemed like they were always in cahoots. So when Gun Bunny says, I'm going to get you back for, you know, taking down the Gunhawk, even though it really was a serial killer in Bloodhaven. But maybe you blame Nightwing for not taking him down. But still, you have this going on. And then all of a sudden she gets shot. Oh, no. Gonna, things get a little convoluted in the overall things get narrative really what's convoluted. going on. Right? I'm sitting here reading this book thinking, and I wanted to ask you a question. I wanted to ask everybody this question as we were sitting here talking like, is it pompous of me to think that the Clune Reds listen to the podcast and realize they done <laughs> fucked up when we talk about Gunhawk being dead? Because I know that they talk, they've been talking about Assisi, Assisi, Assisis, Assisi, this, the one member of the Saints that got away. It's been in the background this entire time. It's, you know, mentioned here and there periodically. But at the end, when Gun Bunny is shot and all of a sudden, Gunhawk, why would you do that? And all, of, and then we find out, oh no. It's that missing saint member, a, a sissy, and now dressed as Gunhawk, and there's Kess. I know who you are because you should have done your homework. If you're going to impersonate somebody, check the obituaries first. I'm like, but even the idea where but Gunhawk they never shoots Gunbunny. That's why I thought that it's weird that I don't think it ever was supposed to be. But a even when Gunhawk shoots Gunbunny, it's like, you know, we used to work together, and they're like, you know, she betrayed me situation. She'd do it again. He's playing and like, the game, Eric. I don't understand <laughs> what we're doing actor. here. Like, But the thing is, Let's just say that this was always the plan, because like I said, they've been mentioning this missing saint member off and on for like a bunch of issues now. And so, but what is the play? Gun Buddy's been the shooter this entire time, and all of a sudden, this a, a sissy comes out of nowhere like, I'm going to dress up like the Gunhawk, and when she's not looking, I'm going to shoot her because of something that might have happened 10 years ago off panel. And then have... You know what you think that Gunhawk is going to get away and says to Cass, you tell them it's Gunhawk. One word. I'm like, what? Why? Why did you have to get dressed up as anybody? I don't understand. Assisi is how I say it. But Assisi is he's on the run. I don't have a way to say it. I just jump around. Now you're. Oh, my God. You're, you're like House of Pain. I you am. end up where it's like going five steps to go nowhere. I mean, there's no reason for him to pretend to be Gunhawk because they, they wrote Gun Bunny, it should have been the idea of, hey, baby. There's no reason for Gun Bunny to have this vendetta against the Batgirls, even, even though it is. <laughs> and that's the thing. When when she says, I'm mad at you guys because Gunhawk's dead. But then in the meantime, Assisi is dressing up as Gunhawk to get back at Gun Bunny. But she must not know that he's doing that. And it just comes out of nowhere. I have no idea what the hell's going on here. I'm, I honestly, neither do I. 
And when I looked, I kept looking and I all I could think of is, okay, I'm looking at these pages. If these pages were done, could they easily have the word bubbles changed? Yeah. Then it would have just been a fight with Gunhawk originally. Hey, Gunhawk, I'm taking you down, you asshole. I'm going in. I want to say that, too. But even when I look at a CZ here dressed as Gunhawk, because this, like, let's just say that it was originally going to be Gunhawk. Like, oh, no, we done messed up. We better change the dialogue to make it something else because Gunhawk's actually dead. But the pages were already drawn. I look at this Gunhawk. He looks like a low rent Gunhawk. He looks like somebody who's dressed up as Gunhawk. But I think that the reveal... Had to be, I mean, in a thing like this, which is your last issue, and you really are tying up something like this is easy at the end, you would almost think that you have to unmask him. You have to unmask him and say, look, everybody, it's easy. So we wouldn't have even known. Um, exactly. What does that do for anybody? But that would, that's what they would do in real life, though. The idea, wait a minute, you're not Gunhawk. Who are that's you? That's for the police. Oh, you're a CZ. I think that when I went through there, I'm like, yeah, I think originally it was just, hey, I'm Gunhook. Fuck you. And then get punched out. But the idea maybe no. it's just like, okay, we've been mentioned to CZ this entire time. We only have one more issue left. We done got canceled. We better say that this is a CZ to tie up all our loose ends on our way out the door and like just change the dialogue because, you know, yeah. it doesn't make sense for Gun Buddy and Gunhawk to have this vendetta against the bats in <laughs> Gotham, but no. it doesn't make sense for a CZ to be dressed up like Gunhawk either. And why is the CZ upset at Gun Bunny? I mean, like, we don't, this whole thing. First like, what off, is the worst thing? A CZ being pissed at Gun Buddy or Gun Buddy being pissed at the Batgirls from Gunhawk dying know. in Bloodhaven from a I'm serial killer? I'm still waiting for Azizi to realize this fear state shit has long passed. Like, he's still going around. Hey, yo, where's that Simon Say? He told me to dress like the Gunhawks. He's one of the saints. He's there, and they're still going. Oh, man, you're one of them. I mean, this guy doesn't get the newspaper. He has no idea. Yet, he remembers that he has some, you know, grudge with Gun Bunny. That's the thing, Jim. We have to bookend this whole thing like a good comedian does, where you start a joke at the beginning, and by the end, you wrap it up. It's a joke. You know here we are with the final issue, bringing back the Saints, a CC here, dressed like Gunhawk for whatever reason. <laughs> and for our finale of the whole situation, hey, what are you Batgirls going to be doing? We're going to go fish Bondo out of the river and try to fix it up and go on a joyride. Yeah, I hear yeah. that. I- I'm thinking that that's sexy code, Eric. But no, it's not. I- I'm, I'm surprised that we didn't. I mean, if you're really going to do this right, which they didn't, is they should have they should have fished Bondo out. And then all of a sudden you have, hey, I'm an all-star, as they just drive away. That's what they should have done if you're really going to go with it. But even that, you end up with all this. And again, where's the march? There's not really a march. And also, the art's weird. And the art is weird at points, too, with this, like, weird photorealistic, but not so much backgrounds that don't feel right. And all this nonsense going on. And like you said, it does not look like a classic gunhawk, but I can't give any credit it's a it's a dollar store gun talk yeah or is it i don't know but there's even at a point where you almost repeat panels and at one point too you have where mom i want gun hawk no no we got gun hawk at home <laughs> i don't want that gun hawk <laughs> this is gun squawk you, you end up it's like transmorphers but when you end up having the shot taken and i mean grace you, you went out now Grace should be like, this is my plan. I put the target on me because I do have a flak jacket and I don't want regular, you know, walk a day Joe and Jane's getting shot. She gets shot. You end up Brooks there just because. And Brooks ends up, all right, I'm going to look after Grace. And that's where Grace ends up in, in a weird progression, even with the art where she gets up. Now they look like they're like, you don't know, in the middle of New York City at one point, it looks like it's like 
what it looks like to me. But no, look at it, though. It's like this weird deal. Nobody's near them. That photorealistic background, what it looks like to me is like a 70s movie where me and you are driving in the car and we have the movie going on behind us to make it look like we're driving. It doesn't even make sense because at one point she goes, you'll understand why I did it. She punches Brooks in the face, doesn't knock him out. He's just there. And like two seconds later, she's in another location with trucks in the back. Yeah, what's happening? Well, and even then the she idea. I, I don't mind the background because it's just a visual style. But look that goes at that. That's it, a repeated panel, except you've changed the one arm. That's that's yeah. the worst of it. As but ridiculous. Like, I just don't know why Grace O'Halloran, like obviously she wants to get shot. She has a flak jacket on. I don't know. Like now they think I'm dead, so I can go for them. They're not gonna like the idea. Like she thinks she's the last action hero here. Like all right, now they think I'm dead. They won't ever see me coming. But nobody cares Brooks, about you. She she survived the shot. That's all that matters. But there's Brooks. I'm pretty sure that like when you reveal it to Brooks, Officer Brooks, hey, I'm okay. I was wearing a flak jacket just in case. You can get up and walk away. You don't have to punch an officer <laughs> in the face to go run to, to your apartment to get your shotgun to go track down Gun Bunny to say, move out of the way, Batgirl. I'm going to put this slime down. It's so great. Like, pick the wrong award-nominated podcaster to mess with. And then he goes, come on, Grace, stay with me. Stay with me. Huh? You're not gonna like going this. Nowhere. You're not gonna like this, Brooksy. Boom! Right in the face. You'll understand why I did this late. What? What she's going to do is grab her gun to kill Gun Bunny. He's not gonna understand that he is an officer of the law. I, I'm There's no way. Is, I know Brooks is like bending the rules, working with the Batgirls because that's who his character is, and the Batgirls really appreciate it. But by the end of this, at the hospital, when Rocky wakes up and Grace is all happy that she didn't murder the person who shot him and put him in coma, because look. Rocky's final. I want Brooks to come in and arrest her ass for assaulting a police officer. I love that he's bought Rocky a get well soon balloon and some roses. Then yeah. when you see him, like, also you have the, you know, whatever, those shop owners that wouldn't really know these. It's, it's very odd. It's just that, hey, let's get everybody it's a in small this neighborhood. Room. They don't know shit. Rocky, I don't even know, is from the neighborhood. He's just a podcast producer. So you end up where all that's going on, and that's where you go, hey there, Batgirls, you coming in? We're having a party down here, y'all. And they're like, nope, nope we'll fish Bondo out. Bondo time. Like, and then, I mean, actually. What's a Batgirl? Always a Batgirl. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> it's like, what has got them? I'm telling you, this is like their signature deal that they think they're giving now. Which is, I'm telling you, if you would if you would do something with that, like all of a sudden, like let's talk about the uh, the Teen Titans series at the end of like the the pre Flashpoint era before the New Fifty Two and stuff like that. I think like the final issue, every Teen Titan who was ever a Teen Titan show up, and the idea was once a Titan, always a Titan, and that made sense because everybody showed up because it's a family. This is just the Batgirls who are never not Batgirls. Like once a Batgirl, always a Batgirl. Now, that's the thing. They're potato, not even potato. saying it. that. That's the thing. Uh, do you consider? Are you a big fan of this book? Do you consider no. yourself like a? That's why you don't get it. This, this is for the people that tweet Becky Clunan and Michael W. Conrad. And again, this isn't the idea. When they say chance brought us together, reader. I mean, you even go that far. That's not them even saying it. Oh no, this is the this is the narration slash editor because we we've, we've always had a problem. In the that's narrator what I'm saying. That's all it in, is. Yeah. This isn't them saying it. This isn't the backrows. We have pulled back. And now we're all celebrating. I love the idea. We're celebrating that this book sucked and got canceled. And the idea, it's like, hey there, reader. Bill wants the backrows. Backrow. You just nailed it, though. When you ended up having the Titans do that, and what it meant something. It was. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything here except for 
hey, that was our catchphrase. Let's go because we were great and we should have kept going. Even the idea that they're kind of teasing us. Man, we had a lot more stories to tell here. I'm like, really? Because I didn't see much well, going it's, on the it's whole so time. It's so funny to me, too, because the idea it's like, all right, once a Batgirl, always a Batgirl. I'm like, well, maybe for Cash, she's ever in Spiral. And <laughs> Steph, she's not doing much right now. I love the idea that all that is is that editor, and it's Jessica Chen, and all of them just saying thank you to the reader. And you're dissecting it with the continuity. It's never going to work because but, no, no, it's, it's just the idea where they're like they have. I, I don't want to go back right now, but I'm pretty sure it's on the cover. It's right here. This whole big mantra about him, like. Yes, it would have been great if you would have made it mean something, though, but there was never a question. But it's supposed to be me and you now are Batgirls, Eric, and I think I'm the I'm prettiest of the Batgirls. I'm the prettiest of the Batgirls, and I I love Cass. Cass is, you know, in this, she's my Batgirl, but they never really got, like, this book is one of those books that had the problem that I think the Clumrads have when they write a lot of their things. They don't understand if they want to write an all-ages book, or they want to get sexy, or they want to get violent, or they want to get scared, and they try to make it all fit, and it never does, but it would have been better served in my mind as an if they just went in and said, listen, we're going to write this as an all-age, like a Gotham Academy with right. maps and them back in the day. That tone would have fit what they were trying to tell because this didn't seem like the Batgirls were very competent. They were learning. And they were learning not just to fight, Eric, but to love and to <laughs> live. They were. And they, it really should have leaned heavy With Max's on... With brother, Kyle? Yeah. Well, it should have leaned heavy on Babs teaching them the ropes, if that's... Like, they always pulled back. They wanted to do something, so when they... Well, girls, I'm moving to Bloodhaven. Girls, You're on girls, your own. girls. Like, you, you could have had... Uh, that play, I think it would have worked out better. Yeah, you would have ended up, you would have been mad saying, well, they were already backrolls, whatever, but th- they never played it out very well that way. Or you just do the idea where they finally got to it, but by then this book was already a wreck of the idea of having awful fathers. That's all you needed to do, having awful fathers. I and they relate. bonded with that. Tell me more Batgirls. Maybe I'm a Batgirl, too. <laughs> exactly. Me, too. And so all of that. Well, once your a father Batgirl, was a Always saint. a Batgirl, Eric. Compared to some of your other pieces of shit around, I am, I'm including your dad. Maybe he was. He was there. He just wasn't there. <laughs> oh, oh, daddy. No, no. He was there. The problem was you were there as well, and he didn't want to be there. Well, that, that But he still true. was. That might be true. He didn't leave. <laughs> he might not have been able to. He's a big man. Uh, but, like, the book had... I'm t- it didn't have much focus. It ended up at one point we're doing the idea of, oh, no, there's an old guy who might be burying bodies. Oh, those were mannequins. Oh, no, he's dead. Oh, my God. Like, the book was all over the place at points. They never really seemed to get a Really good Who was that guy doing going. work for? Yeah, I, I, Do you at, remember? At one it was point, some villain? I was going to say Mad Hatter at one point. Maybe. But I, it was Maybe Crew Master? I, I mean, forget. No, at one point that kind of went. And then you had the Riddler, we thought it was going to be Riddler Crew Master. Telling everybody but it was the Riddler. Crew Master and Mad Hatter. I, I mean, this book was a wreck. But I, I don't, like I said at the beginning, Killer I think they, they meant well. But this is what happens when you get a combination of, you know, not great writers. Not great research, and yeah, and and, and also an editor. Which is funny to that you need two writers like an this. asshole, right? I well, they're married, so I think oh. it's one of those. And and really, if you want to go with it, I think that one of the main things, and what I would go with fully, 
is that this is more Michael W. Conrad, but at a point, you got to get a lady's name on it because it is the Batman or the Wonder Woman. And they end up doing that, but they're a team and not very good. <laughs> they're a team and uh, like we always talk about though it's a shame because the Batgirls I think they very they, much like, a shame the idea of the Batgirls book something I wanted for a long time couldn't wait for this until I saw the creative team behind it and I'm like oh it better be good then I started reading the interviews and they thought the Batgirls were 13 and then they changed it to 17 because I think they had to save face out of nowhere got really really upset about that because the idea of a Batgirls book is something that should be important in the DC Comics universe this is the way, like, you know, having all, both the Batgirls, Stephanie Brown and Cassandra came together, that was something I couldn't wait to have happen. And now that we have had it happen, specifically in just one neighborhood in the hill, and they're acting like 13-year-olds, I'm like, this was not the book I ever wanted. And if they were going to do that, maybe just go for it. Also, we talked about it all along in these 19 issues. It seemed to want to get in the Burnside feel, but didn't quite get there. Like, it, it wanted to do things, but couldn't get there. And the big play... And the shame of this, or say even like a Tim Drake Robin book, they're they're done. And you always have that fear that DC, that DC sits there and blame says, the they say that, yo, it couldn't work. And the idea that a book with Steph, Cass, and Babs, that will work. You just have to do it right. And, and right just means write some good stories and know the characters. And you really could have played it up. And at points, it seemed like they might have gotten a little bit. I mean, the Clue Master stuff. All you right, know what it was, They got Jim. it fucked up with him being alive or dead or whatnot. But still, by the end, it's just a shame because the end books... of it, though, Jim, the thing is not enough Joker. Joker sells books, Jim. We don't have any here. <laughs> that is true. Well, actually, I don't know. Maybe you could have gotten back some of those. I don't know. Have somebody sleep on Barbara's couch. Instant villain. Off we go, Eric. But that was even terrible. that. Even that was almost in play at one point in this uh, this whole series. The old, the old friend from college? Yeah. Like, there are things that happen. In, it's not a long run. And yet there are things that I'm trying to think of. I'm like, Turns out the- I'm, a, I'm the new spellbinder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the idea that one of the big plays and what you ended spell up having. spellbinders in the future, you're the first spellbinder. Yes, I am. Yes, exactly. And now for an ending. What you do is end up tying in a character that was part of a group that never made sense even when this book started, The Saints. That, like, everybody knew that Simon Saint was done, but they were being fooled. Remember, at, the, at one point, this book was all about deep fakes. Well, even that, oh, remember shit. The Seer? Yeah, yeah. That's why, why? Uh, so ridiculous, so ridiculous. I mean, just at the end, just have him go after Grace O'Holloran for a stupid podcast, right? But even then, she's there taking it to the streets. But by the end, yeah, it, was, it was kind of a wreck. I like that you're so caught up in that. What's a bad girl? What's a bad girl? Always a bad girl. Oh, I love that. The but, hell you say? Uh, what would you give this? I would give this. It's not a fuck you five. It's a fine ending for what they're doing right here. I, and even the idea. Let's just say that Gunhawk was the original idea for this story, and they switched it with they the CC. It and by the end, they made this work. Yeah. They realized, oh, and this is all hypothetical. We done fucked up. Let's retroactively make this so we wrap our whole story up. It's not terrible because they did their due diligence at least at the end game here. So I'm giving it a regular five out of ten. The art's not bad. It's just the story never ever reached the peaks that I ever wanted the backgrounds to have. I, I wanted the backgrounds to have. Yeah, some of the characters were okay. It's just those backgrounds really annoy me at points. And I, no, do I think all like, the characters are good. I do like Rocky's handlebar mustache too. That's pretty cool. That's it it would have been that. hilarious too if Grace would have killed Gun Bunny and then found out. Oh no, Rocky woke up. <laughs> ah, you idiot. Uh, but yeah, that's all. Deal. 
you did have, and I knew it was going to happen, but it did. And and it was quick enough. That you don't want to be like them. You'll lose what's beautiful in you. I love that the idea that Grace ends up, her big play is, Rocky, you woke up. You don't understand how much I wanted to hit that bomb. Well, you didn't. It's like, that was supposed to be I an do. uplifting moment. of like, I don't know. It seemed a little weird. But, yeah, I'm going to go regular five, and it's over. And one of the things at play here, and it's funny because me and you will talk about this a lot when we're going, and I'm the one. I don't know, not that I'm in tune with it, but you're more of, of a hoper and a dreamer. Optimistic, Jim. And when you end up, and we're going through this, there's been a couple of times during this Batgirls run that I said, oh my God, this this book is going to get canceled soon. And you will always say to me, no, 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 we'll just get we'll get a new creative team and we'll get, I'm like, they don't do that anymore. I know, but that's all I wanted to happen though. I wanted this creative team to be off this book after issue four because it wasn't working. And I'm like, okay, we just need a new creative team. This could work and this series could pick itself back up again. And you know what the, the weird no. play of it is, is the way that they seem to go about with it is, oh, no, no, you don't get it. Like this team and this book is straight up 100% clone rad. So without them, there's not, no, 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 they, they don't even understand the characters. They didn't even understand that these characters were, you know, a little older than 13 and had to be. So why are you connecting them so solidly? It's like Megan Fitzmartin with, with Tim Drake. Tim Drake can go on. You just need to change the creative Tim Drake team. had a series that lasted over a decade, I think it was. And like, it was amazing. And don't blame the characters. Blame the writers because these writers aren't good. If this was something like, a, you know, oh, my God, the Clone Rats, they're known to be the greatest writers ever. And they've done this and that. And the, if that was the case, then I'd say, okay, well, if they can't make it work, then nobody can. But that's not the case it's just here. A, it's just such a weird idea, though, that you have these great characters and great titles and DCC slow sales, and all of a sudden they're like you walking into your dad's hospital room. Pull the plug. Pull the plug. That's what I, <laughs> That's not nice. What? Uh, <laughs> I, I got called in. I ended up, and I felt bad the other day, but I did get called in. My mom's like, I know he's just holding on. For you and I'm like, what? Like, what? The yeah, fuck for are you, you Jimmy, because you're little Jimmy, and he loves you. I walked in. I'm like, hey, I don't even know. I think I whispered, like, I'm gonna whisper something to him. Fuck you. <laughs> I had to get going. Me and you were actually gonna be on TV that night, so yeah. I had to get going. I had to get prim and proper up. So I end up like, all right. It's almost like I gave him my own last rights, you know, <laughs> wallet, watch, <laughs> off I go. And then afterwards, I get the call. Then. I knew that was the case. I knew that he was waiting for you. I'm like, Mom, that was a month and a half ago, you bitch. That I was knew not it. me. <laughs> I knew that that's what he was waiting for. I'm like, no, I knew you were waiting for the money. You just don't understand, Jimmy. The spirit world's time is different. So, like, you were just that there in his true. mind. Oh, no. And here we go, Eric. We're going to <laughs> we're gonna go to the next book. Oh, it's a doozy, Eric. It is a doozy. And since we're heading off into the night stairs with a K. A lot of books are going to be tying up stuff. A lot of things are going to be setting. And, and this is what it seems as if Teeny Howard's doing. But in this book. Did Nightcarriers jump up out of nowhere and surprise her? Oh, no, I got to get this thing going now. Nobody really thought that Night Terrors was as much of a jump scare as Teeny Howard <laughs> found out. I mean, this Night Terrors jumped out of the closet and boo. And she's like, oh, shit. And started going. It is a complete shock to her. And boy, she's got to get things ready. And because, it's a complete shock to me as well. Yeah. And because of this, you also end up where, oh, by the way, and she, I can just imagine she's like, oh, shit, night terrors. What? And, and they're like, and by With the way, too, by the way, 
after Night Terrors with a K, you're going to kick right into Gotham. Oh, shit, Gotham. Oh, no, I got to do stuff? Oh, my God. Shit just gets thrown at you in this issue. No more orange the new black cat? I'm telling you, that, that is a moment of time that will never make sense in the Catwoman lore. <laughs> and then it even goes where if anybody in this book ever brings up her jail time and how much this meant or whatever, it's go to hell. It meant nothing I'm to her. She every already, issue. She already said that with I'm saying in the actual issue when they're like, oh. I know you went you went to jail because you needed to do this. No, no, no. She she just had time to kill. I mean she, she killed time, time, out. time to kill, right? She needed the time out. But this is Catwoman number 56, uh, written by Tini Howard, Marcus Toe on art with Marco Santucci as well. M.O. Sanipo. That's fishing. Oh, yeah. oh, no. Veronica Gandini and Lucas Gattoni. So you end up, things just happen in this. And if you didn't know that Gotham War was coming up, it makes it even like, what is going on? Selena, she's saying a lot of things. She's telling us that. Oh my God, the Black Mask, they don't have half of the people with him now. And I'm trained in half. We never see that. You get the worst dialogue ever. And I love even just at the beginning to set it up. Like she's here and she's going to write this thing. A lot of times a Batman writer will be like, you know, nighttime. That's the time when I live. Her, her beginnings are. Don't ever write Batman. <laughs> in moments, well, she shouldn't either. In moments like these, when the banks have closed. But the restaurants haven't yet opened for dinner. Quiet That's time. setting the mood. I'm like, the mood Quiet is the time. banks of... It's still out here. The restaurants haven't opened for dinner. Oh, my goodness. Look, what are we going to do? I will take this over Cy Spurrier's analogies that he puts forward fucking the Flash that of the is Day. true. Like a, a migraine of... Pinball machine. Uh, pinballs. <laughs> I don't know. But you end up where... Also, just as an aside, we've had a bunch of artists jump in and out. I do like Nico Leone's art the best in this, but at times we've had art changes. Yeah. Everybody makes Dar like at one point Dario's kind of a dumpy guy. All right, you know, I like your lovable family. The next issue he's Arnold, then the next issue he's like part of Backstreet Boys. I, I don't get it. This guy changes. Sometimes he's so Oliver much. Platt, sometimes he's Arnold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean it's crazy. And here he even changes within this issue because we have a couple artists on That's it. That's called and, confidence. And a finisher. But you end up where the dialogue in this issue, when you're reading it out loud, everybody is yelling at each other and they're not really saying a lot. They're making grand statements. They're yelling, you know. And when Onyx comes in, and one of the lines that I love is uh, when she ends up, hey, what's going on with all these people you broke out of the jails? And then Selena says, the poor in this city are finally going to eat. And the fat I, cats don't even know they're missing anything. I'm telling you, the worst part is Selena has a plan that's going forward for the entire Gotham War. I jump into this issue. I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. All of a sudden, we have, like, the Alleytown Strays, but it's a new brand of people and homeless that she's brought in the train fighting alongside of the people that she's, like, you know, gotten out of prison along with her to take back the streets from the freaking mafia. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They're going to eat tonight. What is I I always felt completely lost. None of this felt set up, and I'm just waiting for her to talk about the idea that you know, punchline had a face too, which means I had too. Punchline is completely out of it now. Punchline like, was was going to have phase two of her plan, which made <laughs> Selena realize I have to break out of prison to stop her. Punchline then broke into prison. They said, "Hey, why don't you work for me?" And Punchline's, you know what? I should work for you. The end. And I just kept waiting for Punchline to show up because essentially what Punchline did in that issue and said, "Oh, out of nowhere for no reason." 
okay, I guess I will work with my mortal enemy right now. Freaking Black Mask is the same thing. I know, and that's the thing, what I said, and that's what I meant earlier, where the idea, if you don't know that Gotham War is coming, none of this makes fucking sense. If you sit there and say, oh, I get it, she's getting all these crimes. Because the whole concept of Gotham War is she is the crime boss of Gotham, and makes everybody stop killing so Bruce Batman you, doesn't have anything to do. You're going to tell me, though, that Punchline is going to agree to this no-blood rule that she has going on. And even are, Black are you Mask, talking I'm real Punchline or t- Punchline being written by Teeny Howard? Because I'll I'm tell talking you, about punchline real written Punchline. By Howard. Yeah. Because I, I still expect Black Mask to break the rule and just go all Black Mask about it by the time we get back into Gotham War. I, I'm telling you, I don't think he will because of the way it's set up. It, it's nonsense. So even then, and when doesn't Anna, he end this issue like I'm a fucking kill you, cat yeah? But woman. then he's just gonna join, and and people were actually saying to me like, oh man, this is awesome. Like Selena actually took down her enemy. I'm like, no, 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 she's telling him to join her. And this is a guy that did such awful things to her sister, man. She not, doesn't care. I'm telling you, Black Mask is the biggest enemy of Catwoman. Has done so many messed up things over the years. Even the idea we start out with. Christy, no! The freaking just called girl that, like, the dancer that, like, you know, she knew and Black Mask ended up killing. Just the idea that she would allow this to go on and for the, the crux of her plan to work. You know what? I know we've had this big bloody war my entire series right now, Black Mask, because I blew up your Black Mask. But you know what? I didn't blow up your Black Mask. I have it over here. And if you work for me, I'll let you have it back. I'm like, is that really... That was something you thought of, and now it's just happening? <laughs> That's what she thought of. I love the idea, too, where... Because that was the ultimate part. I'm telling you, that was one of my favorite parts of this Catwoman series when she was taking on Black Mask and like blew the first that shit up in issues. front of him. Yeah, it was like the first three issues. But then she says, hey, listen, you don't think a thief wouldn't make two copies of a copy that's a copy? And it I seems know to make sense about. to Roman. <laughs> I didn't either. I'm like... I don't know, and and we've already discussed all the things that Teeny Howard has no clue about. One of them prison, uh, another one must. And I said like street. What do we know? We're good boys, right? Like this sort of thing. And I I actually in my one review I gave credit to her. I'm I'm glad that she doesn't know about the prison system. That means she's a good gal. But in this, she doesn't know shit about shit. And I even that dialogue at the beginning. And as I said, they're, they're just yelling at each other. But when you end up, I think that she's like. I got to write some tough, tough dialogues. They're going to talk tough. And you end up, Selena starts talking and Onyx like, hey, and you keep an eye on them, making sure people aren't spending their scores in their veins. Who the fuck talks like this? And well, then the you, you have all this their scores because We're taking down the mafiosos right now, like Tommaso, Abansku, and like Black Mastic. Pretty much, essentially, everybody who's still a part of the Gentleman's Club. We're taking them down and Selena's going to run everything. Aiko is taking down a Bansku. This time it's personal for like sword cane fight that she has it's going on here. It's been personal for every issue that she keeps yelling, you're trafficking women. It's been the same thing. These people, these homeless people, these strays that she's picked up on top of the prison breakouts that she has who are training them, you know, the metahumans, which we see maybe two of them in this issue, just Marquise pretty much. But w- there's one like, there's one later on with like the the uh, the the cybernetic implants that she just throws something out that doesn't make sense to me either. But it doesn't it make no sense when I read that. I was so confused. I don't know what they're actually doing though in this big final battle because even when you know Onyx is talking, the poor in the city are finally getting the the fat cats don't even know they're missing anything. By the end, when we actually have you know black messing that I will work for you, he he's a fat cat. He like the rich. Are now like they're attacking the rich while she's also saying you're going to work for me. Teeny Howard doesn't get that. She thinks that because 
through this whole issue. Selena keeps saying, man, he thinks he's got a crew, but they're all on my side now. And hey, and then at the end, you start giving everybody, hey, who wants you get a watch? You get a crock pot. Like, they're just grabbing shit out of the things. Like, you got... I think she thinks that's all he has. Like, it's all torn down. But even when, and this really gets on my nerves and goes back to the prison. We had her in prison. She decides, eh, you know what? This prison, not for me. Like, oh, really, Selena? What don't you like about prison? Well, I don't kind of like being in a cell. I don't like. So she ends up not just escaping. She gets all these gals out. Now, at this point, we still think these medicaments are in county. Like, it made no sense, and she seemed to not want to say it was black. Like, it couldn't be anything big, or then it wouldn't make sense. But it didn't make sense because it wasn't big enough. But when she does that, we kept saying, you're letting people that, you know, not everybody that goes to jail is innocent. Like, no. some of these metahumans. Pro- not everybody in your crew is Andy Dufresne. No. And so the big play here, though, is I would He probably think, killed his wife, too, though. Yeah, really. Don't you think, though... That Marquise is the one that she seems to know the most about. You know, as we went through this, she says to Onyx, I don't know. She's some kind of, me- she doesn't even know shit about her. What about all these others? She just let them out now. Hey, look, there's a lady Clayface. She'll be fine. Yeah, really. Where's she? She's off killing somebody right now while some of them are playing I gotta American. I got to go take care Gl- of my son, Cassius. They're playing American Gladiator in a fucking warehouse. That's all they're doing. They're doing the rings and stuff. Well, that's the thing. Is I looked at this. What are those places I never got to go to? And they, they turned like you know became a thing after I grew up. Yeah, like, yeah. Those trampoline places that people take their kids to. What are those called? Jumble, jumble, jamborees, whatever they're called. Yeah, jumbo that's, jamborees, we'll call them. I, yeah, I'm I know you, what that's you're essentially what they're training at oh, yeah. right now. We got a rock climbing wall. We got rings. They probably got a bunch of arcade games over the side and a Chuck E. Cheese on the right. I don't know what's going on I'll here. You, if you, if you pan out to the left, it's the foot soldier hideout in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, movie. Oh, yeah. The kids smoking and stuff. Eric, you, you go there. You got any cigarettes? Regular menthol. I, I love the idea, too. Like, Thank Selena, you, Sam Rockwell. Selena can't even, like, just stand. She's, like, perched up on that railing. She's and a kitty so cat. Marquise is there. It's weird, too, because when she says fat cats, that felt weird. But when you end up Marquise, Ends up and trying to teach this one kid to use a gun, I, 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 and then says, "Listen, if that gun was loaded, you'd be dead." Now go off. I love this idea. Go off and embarrass three other students. Like go off and bully people, and then when you're done that, come back to me. It's so fucking ridiculous. The thing is, they don't have a hazing rule in this new club yet. Well, I guess not. They're going to go for it. But then Selena ends up realizing, uh, like out of nowhere, oh no. I think that black mask might go after the ladies. And that means the Trixie. And I'm not going to let anybody die like Christy. And of course. Christy, no. (laughs) Again. Well, we have the idea then, like, man, I really got to protect these girls because I don't want anybody dying like that one girl, Christy, who I really took to heart for some reason because, you know, me and her long freaking besties, (laughs) if you didn't know. But all right, I got to protect them. What's the best way? I got myself a crew. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put them all in one area where Black Mask can shoot RPGs at them. And I'm going to think that me being Catwoman, obviously I'm the best there is, can protect all these women in one like hotel room, like a, like a hotel building. Now, again, I, I know that the, the idea that I shouldn't judge these women, but most of them in this whole play, like Christy, they were they were exotic dancers, right? They were doing the well, dance. But, well, I show something of them doing. Uh, here's the one making Manicotti. <laughs> 
What do you want them to do to be in their showgirl costumes at home? Yeah, it's at night. I think they kind of spelled that out. I think they'd be at the club doing the dancing. They're not the, doing that right now because, because she called in a plumbing problem at the kitty cat club. Shut that down. There's a power outage at milk. Can't go there. So then also they're not making their money. They're not. They're gonna... not. But you know what? They're keeping their lives. I can't work the pole. Better work the manicotti. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to use it. So then they're there and, oh, my God, it's the black mask and he's on the attack. He shoots in a nuclear missile, it looks like. Not a nuclear missile. Look at the, how big that fucking thing is. It's, it comes it's, in. It's just a little rocket. Yeah, a little rocket. She ends up grabbing this girl at the last second. There's no way this, but then jumps out and whips two RPGs and sends them flying at that. It doesn't make sense. Like Take she that black mask. Teeny Howard doesn't know anything about prison. She really doesn't know anything about physics. I mean, this is ridiculous. But there you go. But then that can work in my mind. I'm not a scientist. Uh, you really think that two rockets, uh, rocket propelled missiles coming at you, you're going to have a whip. You whip it. And it sends both of them in the opposite direction to blow up a truck. And that is ridiculous. But then she needs to send a message to Marquise. Oh, my God. I need to send a message. So where is my trusty what, what? message, Vent Cat? I don't know why we need this part. Why can't we just have a walkie-talkie system set up? I don't need to take time out of saving women from a freaking building that's being assaulted by RPGs. To take time out of this, say, all right, my kitty cat, just I'm going to put a little note. And your collar here, and you're gonna go through the air vents and go to see where Marquise is, so she knows exactly what I'm doing. Buy a goddamn cell phone. I'm telling you, vent cat for life. I said, and I love the idea where, in my mind, the way the script goes, she's like, "Oh no, I gotta send the message." What the fuck was that cat's name? Dutch, Dutchy, Dutchy. She says Dutch, Dutch Dutchy, and then as she jumps in, Duchess, and then the whole play is, I've been, you know, scooping your litter, so. Start being a vent cat again. It'd be funny. If, no, no, Why no. Why is keep, that all the duchesses are like relegated to at this point? Just vent cat status. I'd love the idea. Like, okay, duchess, go. No. Relationship status, vent. Leave leave the food. We don't need the food, duchy. God, duchess is all to the market to buy more fucking street flavored ramen. But even then, it's like going through the vent. Think, what is the message? Wait for me to attack Black Mask and come flying through with a whip and whip him and drag him through the st- streets? Perfect. I don't even know. And then even when she's like, I got here at the right time, didn't I, Catwoman? You certainly did. And then Thank they Duchess. violently just drag Black Mask through the streets of Gotham like you're crazy. But then you also have Iko, and all this play with Iko was, I still have things to do. I need... But she's just there as herself and fighting, and it's just yeah. it's it's this just an extended scene. This time, when I yell about you not trafficking in women, I actually mean it. This time, and I'm actually going to well, yeah, I'm here in person now. So at one point, you end up having Iko yelling at I- Ibanisco and ends up saying, "I'm going to take you down." I know, and yeah, I, I hardly you hardly know these guys. They were there at the beginning; they're mentioned, but it really hasn't really hit. But you end up where these guys end up, and these thugs come in. And it looks like Iko kills them. And then he says, oh, man, Catwoman's not going to like that. And Iko responds by saying, she doesn't know their names, so fuck it. And then you just move on. I mean, this is how things are going in this issue, where things just happen. And then we move on. Then we have Noah and, and Dario. Dario goes to face Noah. And that's an extended scene. The duel scene. to the death. Well, such, well, I'm telling you, this is one thing that I did want to see, the the resolution between Dario and Noah, the former lovers where Noah betrayed him to take over his family's business because Dario's gay and, like, you know, 
his father doesn't want a gay man taking over. Noah's secretly gay. He wants to have the power, so we can't let anybody know that he's been gay with Dario this whole time. So it's a fight to the death, and we're going to have it at the place where they first met in high school. And it's okay to the point where, like, Dario is showing Noah that he's not a pushover anymore. Somebody can just, like, you know, knock down and kill whatever he wants. He beats the crap out of Noah and shoves a knife into his belly. Problem I have with this, though, Noah's going down. He's like, and as Dario shoves the knife in his belly, your father knows I'm here. And it feels like Noah should have kept talking because, or like, I don't know the understand because Dario says him, he'll be surprised to see you. He expected you to die. Why would he, why would Tommaso expect Noah to die? If you say that, Eric, why does he become the star man? Out of nowhere, look at look, his hands. Because he's dying, Jim. Become a starman, but he doesn't die. He's losing blood pressure. No, no, he is legitimately, he's got a galaxy and both of his hands there as he's holding him up. It makes no goddamn sense. You never and saw so, stars before you passed out? He's not changed stars. stars. He's become the starman. It's, it's ridiculous. And so with that, all this is, is the setup, and, and we're going to get it. His dad's going to come and find Noah. Oh, my God. I wasn't. He says it. Noah even says it here. The thing about you being gay, that's nothing. Your dad hates you because you're a fucking coward and you won't do anything. When his dad shows and sees Noah there, he's going to go to Dario in the next bunch of issues. You and get back it, my to this boy. And say, this is all I wanted. It was my test. You passed the test. And then Dario's going to go screw you. Well, I never, maybe ca- I never cared that you were gay, Dario. The thing is, I just need to know you're willing to stab your lover because I used to stab your mother all the time. Now you're just like your old man, huh? It's like the idea where Dario, he ends up fighting and then he gives Noah the kiss of death, stabs him in the gut. But even before that, he's like, listen, I'm ashamed of you, but I'm not ashamed of me. I fell in love with a jerk. It happens. My father has bad taste. Is he dissing his mom? (laughs) Or is he dissing that he picked Noah to be the head? It's very odd because we don't really know anything about this. <laughs> I get it. There's I get it, weird Dario. deals, but there's weird. That line's weird. And then, like you said, he'll be what he should have said. He'll be surprised to see you. He would have expected me to yeah. die, not it Noah. Weird. It's very odd. Almost Unless like all they, this time, Tommaso, like the head, head Tommaso and Dario had the secret plan all along to get Noah out of there. Actually, now I think I think I know what it's doing. And Teeny's going a weird way about it because I think I'm wrong. The idea, when do I ever admit that? <laughs> oh, my goodness, except all First five I've times I've had kids. So you end up where he, when he says, when he says he'll be surprised to see how you asshole. I'm sitting there as I'm talking. I'm thinking, what did I say wrong about always oh, saying about my kids? Yeah, so you're the clown maker. He'll be surprised to see who expected you to die and when he says that and noah's turning into starman i think what he's saying is he'll have expected me to go all the way and kill you but i'm not like that so i do think now the dad will come back and say the same thing that we said but at the end saying you're still a chicken you're still a you know a, a jerk and you can't finish the job like you said and then he'll say i'll never finish the job dad I'm Tomcat now. <laughs> you call me Tomcat and then walk away. I'm not so calling we'll you that. See. But at this point, remember though, you're again, grounded. Here's where I'm like trying to get the next time you head. better. Next time you better <laughs> kill the guy. Now just think about that. You're grounded. Go to your room. No, no screen time. Next time you end up getting that male lover, you killed him at the end. So uh, I'm 25 you end years up- old, Dad. I don't <laughs> care. You still live under my roof. Get to your room. Uh, so. What I think will happen here and what is set up like Dario is going to go up with Catwoman, obviously, and they're going to run 
Gotham with Selena being this crime boss, but it'll also be Dario. And then that's, I think she's going to go with that little bit where, you know, his dad's going to have to come to him. Oh man, you're doing great. Like we can combine this and do that. And let's get Catwoman out of the way. Just like how Noah says, we'll cut him out. I'm going to cut your belly and goes and does that. So I, it's just fucked up. It's, it's so out of, I just imagine that the whole thing that when Dario is going to take over the family, it's just because, you know, off panel, off screen, like screen, we're just going to have her go and get the gloves back, the symbol of power for the family, and give it to Dario. Oh, he'll get that head. at the end, and then smack. Like it, it's, I don't want you, this. You know, you know it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's just gonna, he's wiping his ass when ah. Uh, but then you go and Selena's. I mean, she's whipping everybody in town. I I think Harvey Bullock even Whip gets it, it there. Like she is going on, and she keeps talking about how I know that you know. I love the idea, of black mask. Who's Capable crime boss, I would think. Damn right. Badass, right? But she goes with crazy. the idea. A little crazy. He's a little Goes obsessed. off the deep end sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I'll give him that too. But when she starts talking about. Half cocked. <laughs> full cocked. Maybe he's not the best, you know? <laughs> well, he's a little. He's, he's a loose cat. He is. Yeah, yeah. Wild card. He has his own MO that he goes with, and maybe that becomes more important than some other things that should be. I like to wear my daddy's coffin on my face. <laughs> but you have the idea with Selena, like, Keeps saying stuff like, oh, he doesn't even have anybody that's in his crew anymore, but he's too dumb to know it. They're all gone on mice, and it's so forced. It's out of nowhere. We never saw it. And then she even tries to, like, yell it at him, but he doesn't want to hear it. And then she gets whipped around the the neck and gets I really do wish Punchline would have showed up to add extra salt to the wound here because, like, Black Mass is going up against Punchline Priestess, too. Now if Catwoman and Punchline are working together to make him work together with them. That would have been a solid like way to bring her back into the comic. And so Selena is like, well, no, we get Marquise instead. You know that character. It's the breakout character. Yeah, Catwoman. the breakout character. Selena is beating the crap out of Black Mass, and then starts saying to him, "Listen, you like to kill, but we're not going to do that anymore. Why don't you stop fighting me? Why don't we talk? We can join up together." I'm like, bull crap, bull crap. And I love that he just won't take it. He keeps yelling, but. This is, as you said, Catwoman's biggest deal. It's so personal. And the idea, I understand that she's trying to play it smart and make her bases and things like that. Just kill him if you're going to do that or whatever. But she keeps yelling, I'll give you the mask. And and he's, "Ah, that ain't the mask. She's like, you think I'm a thief that doesn't make the copies of the three copies of the copies? Well, you don't know me. And then says, here you go. And then everything's solved for Black Mask. He still seems like, you know, he's always well, going to be a loose Everything's cannon. solved to a degree. I don't trust Black Mask to stand by his word because he got his freaking mask back. But even when he does get the mask, hey, what's this inside of it? A letter. You can send it away, but you'll always know I'm there. I'm watching Cat. You have humiliated me for the last time. But what is he going to do? Because coming up, at least of what they're saying, she has pretty much stopped all crime in Gotham. What do you know what I'm going to do? If I'm Black Mask, Maybe he joins I'm, he- a I'm heading off to freaking, you know, Bloodhaven. I'm getting Heartless because nobody can stop that guy. Damn right. Yeah. Get Heartless. Just go to Bloodhaven yourself. Nightwing, he don't do shit. He lets all that go by. As long as you're just like I'm sure Cyanus Enterprises is just not based in Gotham. You can go wherever you want in the country. Yeah. Just go. It'd be funny. It's like Black Mask, is, this is great. Bloodhaven. I, I heard this Heartless guy. He's running rampant. The minute he hits town, though, Nightwing actually gets Titans. some balls. Goes you know, all the Titans show up after him. <laughs> He's done. Uh, but, yeah, so you end up where... It's beat up by a little buster, Nightbuster. You end up where, at the end here, we got everybody passing fucking notes. You get the note to Marquise of whatever that was. Hey, show up That's at this time note. and get him. 
Duchess. Then you get the note in the mask. Then you get Dario left a note for Noah. Everybody passes Noah, notes. I would never kill you, but if you're afraid of being humiliated, stay away from me and mine, or I'll put you back in the hospital. That's what Catwoman taught me. I loved you, Dario. I'm telling you, that might as well just... Catwoman taught me I put people in the hospital. <laughs> I love the idea of that note really, to me, reads, we made stovetop stuffing, and I helped. That's all it seemed like. He's like, Catwoman taught me. And then you go off, and here's the other thing now. This dialogue, to me at least, I don't know about you, but this dialogue really does, it rubs me the wrong way. Because when Dario shows up and says, Selena, two-shot Americano, extra cream, first off, she should just go perfect, you know, do that whole Well, thing. that's the thing. It's, it's, it's weird dialogue. Oh, per, thank you. It's very odd. But I really want to be. is what gets me upset. But go, okay, what do, what for some think? reason, I thought this one stood out to me because I don't know if it was like, it's supposed to be this weird, oh, per. Thank you, because that's a weird thing to fucking mm-hmm. say. I wanted her to have an ellipses there, like she was about to say, oh, perfect, but didn't want to go all freaking stereotype and said that's thank what you I'm saying. That, that would have been funny. But then the next line, Dario, if you're here, where's Noah? That says to me that she's been hanging out all this time. We don't know how long this is. Boy, I thought she was dead. That's what it seems like. Like, she's not even concerned. Like, I know we had that montage where we sparred for five minutes. (laughs) And I said, I taught you everything I knew, but I thought she was dead. That line to me says, oh, shit, you're alive. Oh, my goodness. goodness. Like I wasn't going to check, but since you're here, I don't have to. Like, you could have played up this thing well that like that the hugs the, the best friend situation like even when she was all upset in the Trixie before and dario was there for all the hugs they had they were sharing yeah. their like their problems she goes no, oh, here, shit. here's a coffee oh shit you're alive oh man you're alive oh crap what yeah, happened wonders never cease really like she is a cold bitch right here like well, she doesn't care she's now in charge of gotham she's gotta be <laughs> i want to dario the power changes people then I thought this was funny, and you tell me if it because it it plays out weird the way if you say it out loud. And I think that she wanted to avoid something that was weird to avoid. But she has Selena say, "You're right." It almost destroyed me because that's I love the idea where this is where Dario basically says, "Man, you know, really bad when you were getting all that ramen and shit, and then decided to leave and left." But then she says, "You're right." It almost destroyed me, and I didn't even know him like you do, Noah, and it felt like she didn't want to put i didn't even know him like you know noah because that felt weird for her to say no noah and i think she avoided that with that do know and i'm like that feels even weird (laughs) like i would have just said look there's no good way to do it it's weird because i never then i'm like no no it's like do do when we say it either (laughs) half of the other person but it just felt weird but you did the right thing and by the way are you alive or are you a ghost? It would be great. But then you end up at the end, and I said in my, I did a video review of this, and when I did it, I end up saying, and then she really sets things up for both Night Terrors with a K and the Gotham War by seeing the bat signal and then having next Night Terrors. Like, they're just standing <laughs> there, <laughs> right? They're just standing there like, uh-oh, looks like I'm going to have to talk to somebody about the Gotham Wars. We are we are setting up the Gotham War <laughs> by having the bad signal in the sky and her knowing that she has to talk to a very complicated man that she loves. She's not letting Dario know that she's like you know in love with Batman and they're a couple, but she knows that she has to talk to Batman. The symbol's in the sky. Somewhere along the lines of her like walking down the street to go talk to Batman, night terrors happens. <laughs> she, she falls asleep. She's actually like, you know what? I was going to go right to talk to Batman. 
I'm a little tired. I hope I don't have nightmares. The best will be, she's like, that's what she should have done. Hey, two-shot Americana extra cream. Oh, you know I'm lactose intolerant. This is going to give me the nightmares. <laughs> and the shits. Uh, Next night, <laughs> I'm going to shit the bed. Uh, like teeny Alice. But yeah, there you go. Or there you go. And it's like, and things can get complicated I'm between telling you. us. Everything was on fast forward here to get us to the point where we can just jump into Gotham War and it's very forced and it's very obvious because everything that was built up is just comes to a head without any real reason here and you're kind of left confused with a lot of elements of Selena. For some reason, thinks that everybody, like I say Selena, but like T.D. Howard thinks that everybody should know at this point in time with the plan that Selena has had since prison and her big breakout. So it's very forced. There are some moments in this, though, I don't mind. We got the strays. We got a bit of the strays there. We, we People got, seem like, to like new that, strays. right? It's fine. Like, uh, the idea of her and strays is good. The strays, she just walks through. There's some strays there. They're in vans grabbing items, and she's like, Well, that's the thing. Keep this is, it this all, is, bitches. This is Black Mess Armory, because he showed up with the Trixie fucking ready to kill. So, like, RPGs have us. So the thing is, the big score, the thing that you're going to be able to eat tonight, hey, take all them cases out that armored car. Yeah. <laughs> and I love where she Don't says eat too fast. Teeny Howard doesn't want to give guns to kids because there are kids there. So she says, Don't take the bullets or the guns because I'm gonna melt them down, but take all the other weapons. I'm like, that's what that's weapons the same. are we taking here though? I'm, I'm telling you, the one looks like she's grabbing like some electro glove shit or something. And then I mean look at this thing. It's a glove. I just imagine it's a regular glove. But it's it's connected wires to to a fucking suitcase. I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe it's like a love glove, Eric. We can go with it. The guy in the back, he's just grabbing Uzis. You, you can't you know say any different of that. Look, the thing is, I'm, I'm glove, out of your shot. I just didn't happen to hear Catwoman say not take the gun, so I took some guns. I'm telling you, like she ends <laughs> up in that city. That's I need to the protect best myself. too. And, and as we, as you said earlier, just to progress, and when you end up, Marquise comes. She lassos, I mean, look at her rooting to it, and lassos Black Mask. He's got that nice suit, and she's going to ruin it. And then as he's less, she's like, got him, boss. How's my timing? (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. But she goes off, and then out of nowhere, you end up, now this is a find. It syncs with my bionic enhancements already, and I have no idea. I'm like, and when they said that, though, I'm like, were you one of them people in the prisons who had them bionic implants? And who's saying it? I don't remember who you were, though. I don't either. I have no idea. And then when you look, there's like lumberjack guy, young girl. One looks like, you know, Cheshire. I, I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, know. it does look like Leanna. Yeah, bit. yeah. And I'm like, I don't get it. And they're just one guy's just a guy with glasses that looks like he might have like we one call of him those. Specs. Like, well, he has specs on, but he almost I can make it think that it's like the ER smile. I don't know who these people are, but they're just running around. They're basically looting. At this yep. point, even though they're looting from a bad hey, guy. Hey, everybody, loot everything. Just don't make any blood. I, I, I'm telling you. All by, and says, but by all means, share the wealth. I think that they might take that the wrong way and start shooting people. All right, everybody, you heard her. Communism's back. <laughs> hey, that'd be funny. One guy's like, wait a second. That sounds a lot like socialism. <laughs> I'm not down with that. I'm out. Uh, hashtag down with Selena. I love the idea at the one point that girl he is starts still- going off and I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> that, girl, that girl is still putting on that glove. I think she might be, you know, doing colostomies or something in the back. I don't know what, what she 
Share the wealth. Let's share the wealth. I don't know. She's like, I'm yeah. going to shock some people. I don't know what's going on Share the on wealth. Here. Stick something up somebody's butt. I mean, look at, like, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what there is. It's so ridiculous. But that's where I think, like, as we were talking, I think that that's the play of her or Teeny Howard thinking that, okay, that's it. The empire's crumbled down. They got their three suitcases and got the fuck out of there. And what I want to see and what I always do score of our lives. What what could have been really funny, too. I wish that we had set up like this lackey uh, of Black Mass. The guy who's just there all the time. He's like, hey, boss, you look good. Because remember, yeah, notice. Remember how many times it seemed that you end up having Black Mass changing his look as that fucking mask. Like he was just, hey, boss, that looks better than the last. I want him to have a guy who that's all he has left. This fucking Otis guy and see how they play, but you don't get anything even fun in this book. It's all nonsense. And if we didn't know that we were heading to say Gotham War, it really wouldn't make any sense. But since we do, it, this, I'm telling you, a lot of people were telling me that they think this is by far the worst issue of the series. I think that this is oh, better no. than a lot this of the shit than, that oh, happened most in, of jail. Stuff in prison. Yeah. yeah, that jail was awful. Like, I was giving it the benefit of the doubt for the first issue, but it never got better yeah, from there. I told you, I was worried, but even so, I, either of us could have been right or wrong. But when you get to this, almost like what we said about the Batgirls book, at least you see her trend. I said in my other review, the idea that when she's doing this stuff, it really points out that everything leading into this was bullshit. I mean, she's trying to tie shit together that never should have ever have been a thing, but she is trying to do it. It still sucks, and it's yeah. still rushed. It's still, you know, jump-scared her ass, and now we go off. There still are some nice moments, though, from some resolutions and stuff the way it's going on. It's not perfect because everything is rushed, but there is something here, at least, compared to other things that we've had previously. And Teeny Howard's going to be writing the Night Terror stuff, so we go to that. But a lot of people aren't going to read that shit, right? They're it's not going to deal with it. So what this could be is... Don't if you read Night Tears, don't read Night Tears. Just think of that as a palate cleanser. She has gotten this book now to a a soft reset. When we come back in September, me and you, I think, will give her the benefit of the doubt again, and let's see what she does because all we this have bullshit to now, and, and all this bullshit now in her mind, whether we think it makes sense, is tied Resolved. up to get to the next thing. I know it's going it, to everybody. I know it's going to suck, but it's always fun to see how much it can suck. But hopefully Chip Zdarsky can reel her in. Maybe they have a good idea. I don't know. The one thing that is weird is it looks like like once we get to September, we're just going to be hit hard with, oh, Selena did all that and is now the crime boss. But we'll go with that. We'll go with it and see how it is. But it is like that ending. It's almost like, like you could end the series right now. If yeah. this was going to end, we could. it would be cool. <laughs> we really could end the series right now. And so I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna treat it as anything, but it'll still be. This book, as I say, Eric, has a teeny problem. Oh, Ooh. my. I did it. But what would you give this? I think it has a large problem. Well, it is. Oh, it's I a large didn't problem. Do it. Oh, you didn't. 5.8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go 5.5. Uh, so. Like an ending, almost like the bet. We even mentioned Christy. So we got it all. Christy! I love the idea that she had to. I'll never forget you. I'm going to do this with the Manicot. You was my favorite show, girl. I, I, I hope that Manicot so was sleek, okay. So I love, slender. I love the idea Silky that Teeny, skin. 
She's getting these girls attacked by RPG rockets and still has to throw some food in there. I'll give her credit. She she ends up doing it. But that is that. That is the end of Catwoman for a couple months for most people, not no, us. We we'll got night doing, tears, Jim. We'll be doing the night tears. The spookiest the Catwoman's ever. And and right before we do our book of the week, uh, are you looking forward now to Night Terrors? I mean, we're getting a bunch of these books you that see are leading that, like, off to I it. don't know anything about it. I really I don't. It's funny because I was, that was my point. I'm just sitting here like, it's Dr. Destiny, right? <laughs> and that, you sit there and if I ended up and I'm, what do you, what do you think Catwoman's going to do in Night Terrors? Like, what did <laughs> this issue, what did this issue tell you? I, I'm telling you, in my mind, I think that she's going to be in oh, a no. night terror. Phase two. That's what she's going to be dreaming about. I don't know. I think that she's going to be dreaming nightmares about her taking over Gotham and Batman being pissed. And then when you get out of it, we'll just have the same thing have the again. Same. Yeah. I think that that's all it's going to be. Uh, I'm going to tell Was you. Was it I'll a nightmare or a premonition? Uh, yeah, I'll never know. <laughs> I'm not telling, Christy. Maybe Christy shows up. That wouldn't be beyond the ghost the, of Christmas the past. The, the, the ghost of stripper past, Christy. Then you get the ghost of Valmont future. That's, you know, the cat. You get, Ch- what's it called? I always, Duchess. Duchess. I always want to, now I always want to call him Cheshire, but Duchess. Maybe that, maybe that's where you'll get your deal because you'll end up having Duchess turn into Valmont in a night terror. So you'll be right in that weird way. It could happen. <laughs> it could happen. Eric, that cat's we'll, too smart to be a goddamn we'll, cat. We'll be dealing, we'll be dealing with that in a couple, couple weeks. It's going to start out. So that's going to be crazy. Spooky but, as hell. Oh, God, July and all the spookiest months of the year. But what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Batman Superman World's Finest. My book of the week is Superman. Superman himself, Eric. Oh, Superman, that guy. Yeah. I you know, know, the man, the man of screams. I don't feel very well tonight. I really? Feel, I am. Yeah. I just feel like crap. Like crap, Eric. I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired. Oh my, but what do we have next week? We have eight books, it seems, that we'll be going through. One better than the next. Two of these books will be picked by the badass. Now, two of these books will be uh, picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Er, er, And will be the exclusive Patreon-only badass spotlight that comes out every Thursday on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Weird Science. And in that, I have my picks, but who knows there? Who knows if I'm right? I think it will be Action Comics number 1056 I ended up seeing that the September solicits came out this week And I'm probably going to do a solicits podcast But when I was going through them You end up having uh, a new story I say this And the new story in September with Action Comics Seems like another bummer It's by uh, Magdalene Visaggio I believe is who the writer is on that They blocked us, Eric But with that, it just seemed odd. But we end up having the Action Comics 1056 as we head off into Night Terrors. That will have continuing the cool Philip Kennedy Johnson stuff going on. Also, the Dan Jurgens, Young John. And then I think the end of that Steel story yes. that we ended up having to write. Steelworks prologue. Which felt weird that it's going on while Steelworks already started. So it's good to kind of get that out. But what's Mr. Terrific and Steel going to do, Jim? Who knows? What won't they do? Batman the Brave and the Bold number two. Gosh, I hope I like this issue more than the I first. I know. I was going to say, we kind of like, we didn't really like it that much, did we? That I like that story much. Well, that continues. I think that's going to be the longest running story in that, even after Hooray. the Tom King deal. I hope that that Tom King story does something. But City Boy, 
So you're going to be two for three of letting us you down a little, right? You got to do it. You got to oh, come in strong boy. your second issue. It Wouldn't it be funny if City Boy was the one that I thought, oh, this is going to be tough. If City Boy's the one that rises the cream of the crop. I hope so. I hope that I'm, City I'm Boy. I'm down. I hope so, too. I think that City Boy has a lot. The like, underdog. All it has to do is just expand. Give us more of the character. I mean, it really is set up to maybe give us what we want, Eric. And what we want is a cool book. City Boy. I think City Boy will be on the spotlight. That's one and of we my ha- picks. We have enough songs to keep City Boy going forever. Eric, I have like five you haven't even heard yet. There's so many City Boy songs. Detective Comics number 1073. What are them organs up to this time? What about that place blowing up, Jim? That organ place. That organ place. Holy moly, you got to get out of that place, right? Is that or the hotel? Or is just it the organ hotel or is it two lips on my organ? I don't know, Eric, but I have flowers on my piano. When we end up having this, I did, again, reading the solicits. In the solicits for September, and whether or not they're real or what, because sometimes they get wonky, but the idea of the solicits really are spelling out like, that man thinks that he sees Barbados. Is it real? Or I'm like, really? We're again, going back still? We're going back. <laughs> he has the oh, music box. Oh, that music box. box done fucked him up, huh? Oh, my God. Watch out, monkey grinders. Watch oh out for that asthma. <laughs> Oh, that story is never going to end. I did see people going, I see some reviewers, and I say they're a little behind, right? So they end up where they're going to blow people's minds. And suddenly this month or whatever, it's like, I don't know. I think that Ravid might be delaying things this smidge. And I'm like, getting on the trolley now. I did see somebody, too, that was talking on a video. And legitimately, they thought they were blowing people's minds by saying, you know what I think? I think that Tom Taylor isn't really progressing this plot in the Nightwing very quickly. I'm like, you just figured that one out, too. But Detective Comics number 1073, Green Arrow Arrow number three, which I think will be the other book on the spotlight. I believe the spotlight this week will be Green Arrow and City Boy. That's my picks. But Green Arrow number three, I hope that that continues to give us a little more of a heads up of what's going on. As we continue in a series that was extended as well. So I want to see, why is that Green Arrow family being kept apart? And what does Amanda Waller have to do with it? What does Amanda Waller have to do with it? And why does it remind me of Eric and his dad? Harley Quinn, number 31. That only was because your dad didn't like you. That was what kept you guys. He loved me. That's why you like the stylus (laughs) story. Harley (laughs) Quinn, number 31. What can you say about that? Uh, at this point in time, I don't even know what the rest of the books are. I'm saying Harley Quinn and Brave and the Bold are going to be on the spotlight. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Harley has ever been on the spotlight, but it may. Actually, we're wrong. We're both wrong. Tim Drake Robbins next. That's the finale. Oh, the that's finale. The spotlight. That's going to be. Right. It's going to be Tim Drake Robin and Sydney. And the Brave and the Bold. City, but I wouldn't mind having it, the Brave and the Bold, because then we get one of those oversized done. But Tim Drake Robin, number 10, it is the finale. It's all going to come together here, folks. It's all going to be worthwhile in the end. We'll see. We'll see. And it doesn't look like Megan Fitzmartin is doing that much coming up down the line, which, well, he's a smart Makes sense. Yeah. Unstoppable Doom Patrol, number four. A book that I said from the beginning I wasn't really that down with. I like the last issue a little more, but I don't hear anybody talking about it anymore. Oh, no, at not one at all. point, it seemed like it was like, okay, people are down with this. Oh, Denny Colvert. He's in, right? He's doing his thing. And I think that the story kind of is kind of lame. And I don't think it's really hitting with people. But hopefully this issue will 
Well, don't worry. When Peacemaker and General Blanche finally do something, this book's going to rock, huh? Do you mean in this or over at the Titans book? I mean, <laughs> yeah, we'll Peacemaker, see. that guy's all over the place. But uh, there you go. That is it. Those are the books that will be next week. Two of those, as we said, will be on the Patreon-only spotlight. And you can go and sign up right now. Also, getting at even the lowest level, you get uh, early access to this show. It comes out a day early. And a lot of other shows, but there is a free trial for the $5 level that gets you the most podcast at that level. So if you were wondering what it's all about, want to check it out, go over and, you know, no fuss, no muss, do a, a one-week free trial. Check it out, Eric. Check it out. Check it Talk out. that, as we say. But with all that, that's it. We've already gone way long enough. That is the show. Eric hates Transformers and doesn't what? like Daniel Warren Johnson and also thinks Jack Kirby's a hack. But that's what we learn every week. So what is any Tough different? That. But with all of that, Eric, what do we say at the end of the show? Everybody have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Yo soy el niño.